Tina Turner's from Nutbush, Tennessee. Nutbush. Yes. Yeah. Nutbush. Where is Nutbush? I don't know. <laughs> it's just Haywood County, wherever just Haywood south County is. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hello. Hey. Hello to everybody. <laughs> And from music video since Barrett Share. Bienvenidos. Oh, yeah, there you go. Now, Hola, como see, está? You're going to yeah. get so much shit about that pronunciation, <laughs> which I thought was perfect. Um, yeah, so today, uh, so uh, we we have a Patreon and we have a Perks of uh, Being a Sinflower tier. Yes, it's the top tier. To, it's the top tier uh, for going to Sin Week, which is going to happen. We got the dates wrong, I think, yeah. the last time. <laughs> It is March 20th, I think. It's, so I'm not it's even the 21st through the 23rd. 21st through the 23rd. Yes. yes. I always think, we're, we think of in terms of the entire week because we're going to have like more videos and stuff right. like that. Uh, but uh, the actual hangout is on the 21st through the 23rd. Anyway, we do have some people signed up for those. We do. We'd like to recognize yes, them. Yes, we want to thank these. These are the perks of being a sinflower. Ah, yes, which I thought were, was, was, was very nice. Uh, we have Darren Watson, Ooh. Dexter Hansen, Jacob Martindale, Ooh. Jeff Widman, Joshua Looper, Ooh. and Louise Zinner. Not Sinner. Zinner. And thank I, you. Seen yes, a lot of these, thank you. Yeah, see, thank you very much. And I've seen a lot of these people active on social media mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I see their names quite often. So, yeah. Uh, it's it, awesome. Yeah. Exciting. And we've got some. And isn't the uh, is it Louise from Australia? I don't know. Somebody's from Australia. <laughs> oh, I think really? it's her. Man, if she's swimming, I hope she started already. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. It's going to take a long time. <laughs> um, we still have we have what? A 20, 25 total slots mm-hmm. for this. So yeah. it's, it's going to be a limited thing, not because we are hoity-toity sticking our nose up like Paris Hilton. I don't know why I made that reference. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but because we want it to be intimate. Again, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, every time I say this, I'm going to say not in a sexual way, <laughs> but mm-hmm. in a close. Yeah. We'll get to talk about stuff and things. Mm-hmm. And yes. life and happenings. We'll get to share food. We're going to go see a movie. Get it. Can we talk about hey, the movie? Yeah, yet? I was about to ask. Yeah. Can we say what movie it's sure. going to be? Yeah. We are going to go see Jordan Peele's follow-up, Us. Yeah. And we, we're going to run out we're of theater. We're going to run out of the theater. For just these people coming to the in-person Nashville hangout portion of Sin Week. And not only, not just any theater. Yes. This is the theater where CinemaSins was born. Yes. yes. Where Chris and I and all three of us worked. worked. Yeah. yeah. And, uh... That's going to be fun. We're going to, right now, I don't think it's ironed out yet, but the plan is to take everybody over to Top Golf, where you can mm-hmm. hit golf balls and drink booze and eat meats uh, <laughs> mm. and nachos. With, <laughs> just chew on like yeah. a piece of meat. Uh, that's right. This is like, like, a, like a big ham on a, like a stick. <laughs> did you notice that Justin Timberlake got in trouble by, at Top Golf because he did the, um, the Happy Gilmore swing? Which oh, is I big, saw that, but he got in trouble? trouble? Well, he got in social media trouble where uh, they were like, careful, Justin, we may have to keep an eye on you and tell right. your mama. Uh, anyway um so we've got a lot of cool stuff planned but Mm -hmm. it it is limited if you want to get in you've got to get in by february 1st Mm -hmm. right and then that's basically we're asking you for a two-month commitment at that tier Mm -hmm. and then after march if you want to fade away drop down to another tier whatever that's it's all good baby it's all jiggy (laughs) 
That's right. <laughs> it's butter. Yeah, that's correct. Let's whatever, it's butter. Whatever, whatever word you want to use that is positive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got jiggy into, with it. Yes. I slipped into Bowfinger there because when <laughs> Bowfinger is trying to get with Kit Ramsey, he's mm-hmm. like, I read the script on the way over and it's butter. It's butter. It's chicken. <laughs> what do you mean? You read my script? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, so just go to patreon.com slash cinemasins. Sign up. Uh, we've got four different tiers. If you want to be in person hanging with us at Sin Week, March 21st through the 23rd, uh, sign up for the Perks of Being a Sinflower tier. Otherwise, if you sign up for any of the tiers, you're going to have access to our e-convention for Sin Week. Yep. You're going to have access to five videos that week. Extra Sins. Now that w- and we've actually picked those videos, and they're glorious. Yes, mm-hmm. and soon we will tell you what they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, you're gonna, it's going to be fun, man. You'll be able to, to watch us interact and do live podcasts and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And also, even outside of Sin Week, um, you know, our, our, any of our tiers get all of our content early. Mm-hmm. That includes the brand new podcast that just launched. Yeah, oh, baby. Today. Yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, today. Movies uh, going on 30. Well, actually, this one is coming out next week. So, yeah. So it, it We're recording launched, on the 15th. Yeah, so. it launched a week ago mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Um, and, uh, we will be continuing with that, uh, all throughout the year. I have, uh, I'm sure Comcast right now is wondering why I'm renting so many 1989 <laughs> movies. It's uh, like the, uh, when Netflix, uh, had that one person that watched, like the Christmas, a uh, Christmas prince or something like that, uh, like 40 times. Yeah, they, and they tweeted out like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Well, there was one I saw that was positive where they like, they, the behavior of the viewer made them think he might be suicidal. Oh, really? So they, like, reached out and said, are you okay? Wow. i have to dig that story up. I know that happened for a fact. It might have... I forget what the behavior was. It might have been somebody watching, like... The Christmas Prince? Like a Christmas <laughs> Prince over and over <laughs> But uh, it, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's been an interesting... Uh, it's fun talking about these movies, because a lot of them I haven't seen before. And that's the exciting thing about uh, going through a year like this, is because I was 12 years old. Yeah when 1989 was going on and uh there's a, you know going down this schedule i'm like i i, I can't remember hearing about this movie once but i never saw it and then you finally watch it and it's like okay what do i think about this because especially now we're in the beginning of the year and everything like that there are some <laughs> some bad ones uh, but there's also some interesting ones and so yeah there's a lot of them that explore the deep recesses of the ocean yeah i can't wait in fact i'll, I'll give a i'll give a little plug for one that's going to happen way up in february that's how how far ahead we are but, <laughs> um uh, we haven't done this podcast yet as of this uh as of this this podcast but the uh the in the february podcast uh 30 uh movies going on 30 We'll end up talking about True Believer, Ooh. and uh, it's a uh, James Woods, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, James Woods plays a lawyer, and he is a fucking hippie liberal in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I That's can't great. wait to talk about that. <laughs> Especially if Downey Jr. is somehow like a uh, hard right, like well, no, he's he's liberal too. He's like twenty four years old. Yeah, yeah, in that movie. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, stuff like that, that I've heard before, heard of before. And I never have gotten, I've never would have never had a reason to watch. That's been the exciting. The great thing about this podcast is I was realizing today is you've come up with an idea that exists in perpetuity. Mm -hmm. Like on this, the Sincast, every six to 10 months, we're like, all right, we need a new main topic. What are we going to (laughs) do? Whereas yours 
30 years from now, you just talk about the movies that came out this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone will have forgotten most of them. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it can go on as long as you like. I yeah. love it. Oh, and yeah. I've seen a lot of positive uh, feedback already. I tweeted about it this morning, and I've looked at some of the comments, mm-hmm. and people are digging it. Um, so congrats. Yeah. And uh, so check that out if you haven't yet. It's uh, already up and running. Yeah, and it's good stuff. I guess now we should do actual content for this podcast. Yeah, for yeah. this podcast. Uh, we are going back on our road trip. Road trip. Shotgun. On the road again. The most time-honored tradition of all. The road trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. And, yeah, we've got a, a two for today. Well, we're going to do, uh, it's really just one, Barrett. <laughs> South Dakota is not a state. Um, <laughs> it's half a state. But no, anyway, South Dakota is a state, and we will be doing that one and our home state of Tennessee That's today. Right. Uh, uh, let's go through South Dakota. Uh, there's, it's a it's a short list, but you know what? I've seen almost everything. I was surprised how many I'd seen. Yeah. Hmm. The first one on the alphanumeric list <laughs> is National Treasure. Starts with an N, if you didn't realize. <laughs> National Treasure Book of Secrets. That's right. And it was, it's really the only, it's the point where they go to Mount Rushmore. Yes. That's really the only thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I, I figured that there was going to be more movies because what immediately springs to mind is North by Northwest. Yeah. And, uh, and actually Book of Secrets did, uh, pop into my brain, but I figured there's going to be a ton of, of movies that revolve around Mount Rushmore as being like a central plot piece. There's not. Not really. At least not many that I've seen. Yeah. There, in fact, uh, it, re- it makes me recall this was an ad that we had on on a on movies at hollywood 27 i think i was the only person who liked it for some reason uh but there's like a i can't remember the full plot of it but they get this park ranger in it at mount rushmore they they need somebody to yell on the screen because there's like there's like supposed to be these robots from space coming down and everything. And so like, there's a point where like, it's a cheap ass movie. They don't know what they're doing, obviously, but there's like this little UFO that comes over and starts blowing away Mount Rushmore. And the, 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 the uh, park ranger comes out in front of the screen and goes, robots, from space. <laughs> um, so national treasure book of secrets is, um, not very good no it, it what's it just it's it's the problem that we almost always get with sequels right especially when they're sort of hurried mm-hmm. because the first one made more money than you expected the first one all of all that was charming from the first one has been stripped or mm-hmm. over sugarified and it's just ugh, it's a big jumbled mess yeah, yeah it is and especially the ed harris part man <sighs> like it, it's just so stupid like the, the, his his character Eddie Allen, like everything about his character and the the moves he makes and all that stuff, the turn at the end, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we send this, and it was just it, it's one of those movies. Like it's I also really, long, right? Yeah, I really want to get into this. It's it's supposed to be fun and all that, but it's really just uh, just a just a garbled mess the whole time. And yeah. you write something every thirty seconds. It's that kind of movie. Yeah. This is where they introduce uh, Helen Mirren into it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bruce Greenwood is the president. Bruce Greenwood is the president. (laughs) Of course he is. You know what? He is so much the president in everything that he does that he 
when he showed up in this TV show the other, like this TV show ad the other day, and he said something really commanding and everything. And I was like, I, I, I saw out of the corner of my eye what this title of the show was, and I thought it was The President. Uh. <laughs> but it's The Resident. Oh, <laughs> oh it's that medical drama. It's the right? medical yeah, drama, yeah, yeah. yeah this yeah. is also the movie, if I'm correct, uh, where we've we wrote that sin because there's like a party right when he kidnaps the president yes where randy travis is singing and oh. we wrote discount ready holy yeah. shit because yeah. 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 he looked so mm. yeah mm. there's that whole thing where he like where nicholas cage somehow find like finds his way onto uh uh what is it the camp what's it's called camp david camp david yeah. finds himself on camp david and then, like, talk, manages to find his way to talk to the president out getting through the Secret Service. And then convinces the president to go into this room with him without the Secret Service. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And the Bruce Greenwood, like, gets ticked off at the, like, the Secret Service guys. Just stay out here, okay? Just stay out here. And, and I'm like, all right. I guess if you're just going to, like, lay the plans right in front of him, you might as well. <laughs> We're going to kidnap the president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> this is a holy. Yeah. This is a wholly unique Nicolas Cage haircut for these. Oh, this series. Yeah, I don't even know what it what it's going for because they're already they're they're obviously styling it somehow. Mm-hmm. But it starts like midway back on his head. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a like a pull straight. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's very it's very unusual. I can't stop looking. <laughs> Then we get to the classic North by Northwest. Obviously, another movie that doesn't really take place in South Dakota. It's a, it starts in uh, New York, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's a big United Nations thing. And then there's, uh, you know, then there's the cornfield thing, which I don't know is that's not South Dakota. I think it's like Nebraska or something yeah. like that. But uh, it does end up at, with a big South, uh, Mount Rushmore finale mm-hmm. and everything. North by Northwest is one of the best movies you'll see. Yeah, I love uh, that movie. Alfred Hitchcock at his best. Cary Grant. Um I read a a thing in college that uh, a philosopher wrote about that movie is that it was a a uh, a, the whole movie you could watch on the level of uh, Hitchcock criticizing Cary Grant's career or his acting style. You know, uh, I was watching this fairly recently, actually, that scene on the train with Cary Grant and Eva Marie Saint is sexy as hell. Sexy as fuck, man. Uh, And God, that dude could fill a you know you hear george clooney is the modern day Cary grant and you can see those that equivalence because he was always the coolest guy in the room he's always the best dressed in the mm-hmm. room and just it, it is interesting you, you made the comment about the the acting style because you wouldn't necessarily say like clooney he's the best actor mm-hmm. necessarily but like he's such a presence he's such a movie star that mm-hmm. it was amazing yeah the uh the dialogue le- that, that you're talking about there is just so sexy yeah. like the whole like it's like uh, i might have the certain urge to, to ask you to go to bed with me and all that <laughs> and and uh and he's like you might find that uh you might find that offensive or whatever and she's like well maybe i wouldn't yeah exactly. and, uh, <laughs> and uh and you know all that stuff like why are you so good to me and she's like you want me to go up there and show you what? yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Eva Marie Saint. Um, yes. Um then we go on to uh a movie just as good in quality, Son in Law. 
Yes. Um, yes, it is. Middle America. <laughs> middle America. You want to talk about, uh, you talked about Carla Gugino in the last uh, episode. <laughs> Holy shit. This is where you fall in love with Carla Gugino. Probably 1920 or something like that. Uh, she's a little older than that. Really? Um, she's the a, movie was made in the 90s, Spirit. It's 94, not 1920. 20, <laughs> She's like 23, 24. Okay. This is one of the first things that we, that she was in that was wide yes. spread, right? Yes. And this was still at the height of Polly Shore's popularity because this movie may have done more. I don't know if it did, it did better than uh, Encino Man, but it, uh, it, it made 36 million. He hadn't started to go downhill yet. Yeah. It, it, we're not in the, uh, in the army now jury duty <laughs> portion of his career. <laughs> Um, which is to be honest doesn't come it's not that much longer until that happens no it's like a year later almost <laughs> um i really enjoy son-in-law though. i do too man it's uh, it's not yeah i mean it's not the funniest movie you'll ever see but uh there's some good heart to it and oh yeah uh it was fun to watch it was another one of my like go on break type movies i'd go and watch every once in a while I haven't seen it in forever but <laughs> His character's name is Crawl. Yes. Oh, yes. Jesus. And the, and uh, Lane Smith, who plays the dad, is always like messing it up and calling him like crap. Cramp. Cramp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember he really does, liking it. Yeah. Well, Lane Smith at the end uh, does like a Polly Shore impression. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I can't even remember what he says, but it's just ridiculous. Who's the, who's the older guy that's in that? The grandpa that's in oh. that? He's a, a well known actor. Uh, Mason Adams. Mason and adams yeah. well, he's just got this wonderful voice and everything that guy tried to kiss me <laughs> if it came to you kissing me or me dying i'd rather die <laughs> yeah no this is definitely this came uh did you say it came right after encino man like that, i believe so encino yeah. man was like 92 yeah and then son-in-law came out uh, the following year or 94 it was 93 yeah 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 um but yeah those that two stretch run is right before like he, he wore out his welcome and yeah. uh you know it was still and like you said th- those two movies have a lot of heart to them mm-hmm. you know and uh yeah it's it's, it's fun yeah biodome not so much no <laughs> biodome was a really I, that might be the the turning point i think really. it was i actually happened upon that not too long ago and it was that was Baldwin a, in there. <laughs> there is. It was funny to me that Biodome now for me is just the movie that uh, Kevin Smith refers to when he was talking about how he was making mall rats and and he ends up getting I think it's Michael Rooker to play the the dad <laughs> yeah, in that yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. and he wanted William Atherton. Oh and really? And William Atherton turned down Mallrats to be in Biodome. Oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> <laughs> you could see William Atherton in that role like perfectly yes, too. That's absolutely. Uh, and then uh, rounding out a short list, but we'll have a few others after this. But uh, Team America: World Police, another one where the Ru- Mount Rushmore shows up. This is where their headquarters is. Yeah. Uh, so it's really actually like I mean, it's not really in South Dakota, but it's uh, there's like an actual base there. Yes. You know, he uh, he sucks uh, dude's dick, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah he does. <laughs> I don't want you to come here and fuck my mouth. And then, like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, I remember when you came to me and you said, you, it was, he said, you, you thought that I wanted to put your dick in my, in my mouth. And now you can't trust me or you, I can't trust you. Now I want you to put your dick in my mouth. <laughs> 
He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking I've hilarious. I've been watching or, an unhealthy amount of MacGruber lately, where he <laughs> says that thing about the, before tonight is over, I'm going to cut your dick off and shove it in your mouth. <laughs> he says it like four different times. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is that objectively is how, is that movie. How much shame should I feel for? I've seen MacGruber maybe nine or ten times in the last. <laughs> I've seen it four or five. I know it's funny. I don't know. I saw it on a Thursday night, and I think I was expecting more from it. Yeah, and I hated it. Oh. Now, since then, I keep reading either think pieces or random asides that this movie's genius. Maybe I should give it another chance. I don't even think it's genius. I do think it. It it was not what anybody was expecting. Mm. I also think you have to keep in mind, this is not one that I saw in theaters. Mm. I only saw this for the first time maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be a Horrible Bosses 2 situation where I just it hit me in the right way. And now when I, every time I see it again, I'm remembering the first time. I don't know. But I know. that movie makes me laugh yeah, pretty much nonstop. I know there yeah. are moments in that movie that I like. I like the sex scenes. They're really, really ridiculous. <laughs> That's set up with all, when he goes to get all his buddies, his crew, and it's like playing that, and they load up in the van, and he shuts the doors, and you know what's coming, because he goes over to Ryan Phillippe and Powers Booth, and he's like, over there in that truck, it's a hundred and some years of combat experience and a whole lot of brotherhood. <laughs> and a bunch of C4 that I personally packed with my own two and the truck blows up. <laughs> and it, even though you know it's coming and that joke alone is not super fresh, the way he sells it, because he turns and goes, oh, fuck. And he runs and it's like, you guys, you guys, are you okay? Someone's still got to be in there. You guys. And he turns around and he's like, call 911. Call 911. So I would say give MacGruber another shot. But it may, I don't, I would not call it genius. Yeah. I just think it's funny. Like almost kind of like a, a Zoolander kind of way. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I remember liking it. It leans into the stupid just enough. And then the Christian wig is just great. Yeah. She's she just is. great. She, she is. says, I pee- you guys, I peed my pants. And there's like a three second pause. And she goes, I peed him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Uh, so, this is my little MacGruber one-off. Uh, so as we were talking about Team America World Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, you think this, have you seen this recently? Uh, it's been a year, maybe. Hmm. Does it hold up, like, because there's so much current affairs? I would say this movie is is funnier post, closer post 9-11 mm-hmm. than it is now, mm-hmm. because we're not in that, we sort of have uh, ramifications of that uh, that era, but, like, back then, it seemed like everybody was like, let's go to Afghanistan, let's go to Iraq, let's yep. go to all these places and just blow them up and blah, blah, blah. And uh, and and then Team America makes a lot of satire out of that because yeah. uh, they blow up, basically blow up Paris trying to hunt down one guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're like, it's like, it's like congratulations, France. You know, they're like, you know, <laughs> making it seem like they should be like, OK, yeah, with them. You're welcome. Blowing up the Eiffel Tower and shit. Um, but uh, but no, it's uh, it it doesn't have it may not have that same you don't have that same feeling like you did back in 2004, mm-hmm. but it's still funny. Yeah. It's still got a lot of stuff in it, like just just action movies in general. They're making fun of like Armageddon and yeah. Pearl Harbor and uh, Michael Bay movies, yeah. uh, 
lot of those. Um, there's a whole song about how Michael Bay sucks <laughs> in that in that movie. Um, that's got great music too, man. You got America, fuck yeah, yeah. That and and I I haven't. I may this may be the last time I've nearly rolled on, literally rolled on the floor laughing when that, <laughs> the first time America w- that song because I was not <laughs> you're just not expecting it well because it sets you up like America yeah, you don't expect yeah. like the fucking guitars right. to come in and then and then there's like the extended version in the credits where they go way 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 deeper um, and my favorite is the reprise where they have the the uh, the slowed down version no <laughs> like, yeah America. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. yeah, 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 and the whole, the whole, the whole song during the sex scene. The sex scene is funny enough because there's so much ridiculousness going on in it. But the song itself, just listen to the words, which are very, very hetero based. Yeah. Like there's, it's like, it's like, uh, like, um, he's like, uh, all I ask is that you're a woman, <laughs> and then he just keeps saying, "Hey, as long as you're a woman, this is this is going down." And of course, then they they do the one like I think in the credits where it's like it's like he's just been saying "woman" the whole time, and then he goes, "Or a man." <laughs> Let me ask an honest question here: on the Arby's commercials now, mm-hmm. the guy dude says, "We've got the meats." And now he pops back up and says, for sandwiches. I don't know what the fuck that is. That's H. John Benjamin. Did someone slap them on the wrist for saying we've got the meats? I have no idea. Or are they intentionally playing into the double entendre by now pointing it out with dudes saying, for sandwiches? What did you think I meant? Penises? <laughs> like, I can't figure it out because they, they did it without the tag for a yeah, year yeah. and a half. Oh, more than that. It's been on forever i can't figure it out yeah i, I don't know i don't know drive me crazy all right next mm, movie i don't know it, it, before that it was ving rames remember that the the oh the, yeah dun, 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 dun. we have the meats ah. um but uh team america world police is great yes. um then the uh, other list here badlands okay mm. i wish i had seen this movie Oh, uh, me too. I, I've seen parts of it. I've, I've seen this movie. You've seen Badlands? Okay. I can comment on this movie. Okay, comment on this movie. Then. This is the only Terrence Malick movie I like all the way through. Okay. Really? And it, it ironically, I think it's his first movie. Yeah, it is. I'm not, it I, is. I wasn't positive. Like, The New World. 1973. I think the first hour of The New World is nearly, this is just me, nearly mm. transcendent. I love it. It's mm. one of the few times I get what his lyrical camera work is going for. Mm-hmm. Thin Red Line doesn't work for me. Really? Not really at all. Huh. Um, and I get that I'm, that that's, I'm not the only one that feels that way, but lots of people love that movie. No, I understand. I like it, but it, I can see why people don't like it. It's too talky. It's too preachy. It's too, yes. And mm-hmm. Badlands is just a much more simple, it's basically, I mean, I think it's based on a true couple, but it's kind of a Bonnie and Clyde yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think it is based on a true story. And they, they're just, Going around killing oh, yeah. fools. Charles Starkweather and his girlfriend, Car- Carol Ann Fugate. Yeah. Um, and it's Martin Sheen, mm-hmm. super young. Um, and it's just, it's one of, I think the simplicity of the story in, in this and in the New World's first hour is why I like it. And then in the complicated second hour and in the thin red line where it's much more complicated stories mm-hmm. where I kind of, Malik starts to lose me. Uh, in the I, entirety of Tree of Life. <laughs> you, now, yeah. Now, the only reason I ever saw this movie was right after my wife and I got married, <clears throat> um, we were making a lot of money and we didn't have cable. Um, but I had an HD, like an LCD TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. And... Over the air, there were like two or three HD channels. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we watched those fairly regularly. I can't quite remember what they were called, but there was a, a travel drinking show called Three Sheets. Yeah, I remember that one. And I used to, it was yeah, on yeah. one of those channels. I used to watch it all the time. But one of the other channels just played old 70s movies in HD. And hmm. this happened to come on. And I watched probably 30 minutes of it before I even knew Terrence Malick had anything hmm. to do with it. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed it. Now, I only did see it the once. That was about nine years ago. But I really, really liked it. And I can't really get through any Malick movies. Hmm. So <clears> this is not about Badlands, but Sissy Spacek was so good at playing naive mm. uh like very like virginal women mm -hmm. uh she does this i believe in badlands because I've, I've seen just the parts of it or whatever but she obviously does it in carrie she mm. does it in coal miner's daughter she's just so sweet mm -hmm. like just a sweet sweet person you like man in coal miner's daughter i want to marry her oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> she's so she's just she's just perfect in that yeah and here she starts out that way and dude just murders her dad, mm -hmm. just kills him. Mm -hmm. And then she goes off on the run with him. And it's like natural born killers later on. Very much, <laughs> much, very much more much. acid uh, <laughs> induced. Yeah, uh, I would check it out. I'd give it. Uh, Jeremy is giving it one and a half thumbs up. Nice. I only nice. have two thumbs. So that's pretty high price. <laughs> that is pretty high price. <laughs> Uh, then there's an HBO movie that came out in 2007 starring Anna Paquin called Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee. I haven't seen this. Yeah, it's great. I shouldn't even mention this, but you, know, you saw that Trump oh. said that Elizabeth Warren should go out to Wounded Knee and oh, yeah. have her, her husband dressed in Indian garb. That's racist, right? It's incredibly racist. Even if she's ultimately not as much Native American as she wanted, wanted us to think, even if she was a thousand percent Caucasian, what he said is still racist, yes. right? Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. Why can't we talk about that? I don't know. Uh, I mean, gets, like as a nation. It gets talked yeah. about. It's just that there's a large group of people who don't think it's racist yeah or, or don't care or don't care yeah, yeah. anyway um, but yeah that wounded knee uh, came up you know in in the twitter timeline and i just thought it was funny that um do we know what specifically this is about no um uh, it <laughs> says here on the imdb a historic chronicle based on the book by d brown explains how native americans were displaced as the united states expanded west yeah, Fred Thompson plays uh, Ulysses S. Grant. Mm, that, sounds, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hidalgo, I have seen this. Me too. Oh, my God. I fell asleep during uh, it. Horsey, horsey. Vigo Mortensen. <laughs> it looked like a movie that would put you to sleep. This is a Vigo Mortensen movie he did after Lord of the Rings. Yep. And uh, he was, I guess he was sort of trying to... Um, I don't know, make a movie that uh, capitalized on his new new fame and everything. Or at least make the most of those writing lessons. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, that's true. And uh, Hidalgo was a movie I started watching late one night, Thursday, Hollywood 27, and and I, I I would find myself asleep and would like wake up and be like, oh, I have no fucking clue what's going on in this movie. And uh, just managed to kind of like hang around and make sure that everything went through fine before i went home for the night but i can't really give the i can't really give i didn't give this a a true chance but it did make me fall asleep well my wife likes it oh yeah so, so i've seen it three or four times maybe mm. Mm. and it feels more like a crappy mummy sequel the brendan fraser mummies yeah <laughs> really, it does than anything good huh. and it's basically just a series of chest beating and horse races mm. and that doesn't do it for me nope and hasn't since Chariots of Fire. <laughs> Wait, that's not horse races. Yeah. <laughs> Which one is the horse races? Never and mind. her? <laughs> Farlap. 
<laughs> racing oh. stripes. <clears throat> yes, racing stripes. Um, Iron Will, 1994. I think Mackenzie Aston is the main yeah. guy. In wow, it. good pull. And uh, and uh, I I never saw it. It's a sl- it's like a was it a sled dog mm-hmm. movie? Yeah. I mean, if you put a cold mountain, a dog. And a dude's face on the poster. It could be any number of a dozen movies, and I just don't watch any of them. Iron Will. This was one of those, like, Disney preteen or tween type of, uh, you know, adventure movies. Kevin Spacey's in this, too. Yeah. And then Mercury Rising, which I did see, and I don't remember anything about. It's Bruce Willis and um, Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. (laughs) One of those, like, (laughs) genius kids. One of those savants. Oh, really? And he's like memorized some kind of encrypted something i'm oh, pretty yeah. sure it's something like this yeah the kid is named miko hughes uh and it has uh shy mcbride kim dickens yeah shadowy elements in the nsa target a nine-year-old autistic savant for death when he is able to decipher a top secret code oh nice. how's that for a Very pull nice. i saw this shit once <laughs> in the theater <laughs> boom i saw this once and forgot it <laughs> How many credits do you think Bruce Willis has? Oh, geez. My guess is uh, 140. I would guess 212. Because right now, he's at a pace of making 12 movies you've never heard of per year. Yeah, right? And it's all the direct-to-Blu-ray to yeah, stuff that you see is. with, like, more Paul Gossler, like, fucking <laughs> Or uh, Mike Imperiola. Michael Imperiola. Yeah. Yeah. He has 119. Wow. wow. What, did you, what did you say? I said 140. Oh, I thought you said 120. Oh, no. I mean, that would have been balls. I mean, he'll have 140 by the end of the year. That's true. Uh, that does it for South Dakota. That's it. Wow. Uh, and now we're going to move on to our state, the state we are in right now. That's it. Tennessee. Uh, and you know what? I When I took a cursory look, I didn't actually see very many of these, but we'll start it off. All Saints. I never saw this. What have you heard this? about this? What it's John this? Corbett. Um, who plays a preacher uh, oh, of a church yes. that's located in Smyrna, which is like uh, 30, 40 miles southeast of here. It's one of those faith movies, right? It is one of those faith, mo- faith movies, but I think it's based off of some sort of like true story. Um, it's where the, the church is getting closed down. It's an interesting narrative. The church is getting closed down, and he's trying to keep it open, and also they're linked inexorably to, to some... Um, they're also linked to a group of refugees from uh, Myanmar. And so, like, to keep his church open means not only his parishioners can can worship there, but also they're supporting this uh, this tribe of refugees. Oh. So it's an interesting story. I saw it. It was it was fine. You saw uh, it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like a production value of like a lifetime movie or something like that. And John Corbett is fine. Um, I actually saw John Corbett was into all the boys I've loved before, which I'm going to talk about. Oh, later on. Okay. And he's like I said, man, he's he's always a welcome presence. I like him. All right. Uh, an American haunting. Uh, I didn't see this. It does say 2005, but it came out in 2006. Um, the uh, it's about the Bell Witch. Yeah. Uh, and it's got it's got C- Sissy Spacek in it. Oh, it does. It's got Donald Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not see this though. Um. It's about uh, it, apparently a death occurred to yeah, this spirit. It, it toggles back and forth. <clears throat> starts in the present day and, and then goes back to the like the 19th century or something like that when the legend of the Bell Witch mm-hmm. started. Are you familiar with the Bell Witch? Yeah, it was like it's it's a, it's a urban legend around yes. Middle Tennessee. 
um, that that's been passed down for for ages. Um, and uh, yeah, this is it's fine. It's a fine horror movie. It's got a couple of like effective scares. There's one where it looks like the daughter is like being held up by her hair mm-hmm. uh, and floating above the floor, and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of a crazy image. Um, so yeah, I remember liking it. It's got some weird subtext to it, especially towards the end um, when it comes to the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. It was uh, it was all right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's all right. A uh, movie I have seen, Black Snake Moan. Which, I have seen. I saw this recently. Yeah, like a few months ago. Uh, the director Craig Brewer, I think, is either from Memphis or he's got a Memphis tie-in yeah. or something like that. Although this isn't Memphis, though, is it? Mm-hmm. Is it? It is. Um, because I think Hustle and Flow is too. Hustle and Flow is yeah. a is a Memphis mm-hmm. uh, thing. But uh, Black Snake Moan is uh, Samuel Jackson basically kidnaps Christina Ricci, ties her to a radiator. Because or, she is liquid sex. Yes. Like she's got she the devil in her. cannot stop fucking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's basically the premise. Mm-hmm. This movie it, it should not be as enjoyable as it is. Well, I was going to say, there's almost there's hardly anybody to root for in this movie. Mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake's in this movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he plays or, her like is it is it her boyfriend mm-hmm. okay yeah, he's, he's off to war i think yeah he's come back recently mm-hmm. yeah and uh yeah it's weird it's weird i love it though yeah i don't know if i go <laughs> well, that far there's there's a lot of reaching nudity in this As, oh yeah reaching yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is indeed i mean she's essentially naked when she's tied to this radio yeah yeah um yes it and especially probably watching it now i would probably have a different reaction to it but yeah. when i saw it uh, it just something about it like tickled my <laughs> so something about it made it endeared itself to me yeah. and uh there there's there's a couple of just classic samuel l jackson moments in this movie mm-hmm. that i think are great there's one way over the top stupid scene where he's playing fucking guitar and christina ricci is trying to leave and then she co- she cozies up to him and everything and there's a there's a storm going on and like the, the thunder crashes and he like kicks on the distortion and starts like fucking singing about black snake mode it's fucking awesome yeah yeah, yeah well there's uh, the scene when a random teenage boy walking by gets pulled into the house and she's <laughs> chained to the radiator yeah. and draws him to her and i think they only come close to doing it before sam jackson comes even that scene is almost mystical mm-hmm. right it's fantastical the way it's played like that the, that there is this sort of lure pull mm-hmm. that can't be resisted yeah and i don't know i was a teenage boy once yeah <laughs> <laughs> i could see it <laughs> this was uh this was the same the same year black snake moan and snakes on a plane came out that's crazy. Oh, really? yeah so sam god Jackson he was- plays polar opposite because he's like 70 something right or is he, he now, just turned 70 now he is, yeah. yeah um and he plays an old codger in black snake moan yeah, and then yeah. he's like this souped up you know super assassin government agent and snakes mm-hmm. on a plane yeah this guy is is singular yeah you know when yeah, he's yeah. uh originally from chattanooga yes mm-hmm. so is justin timberlake yeah justin timberlake mm-hmm. and uh you know we have a few we have a few people who quentin tarantino's from knoxville mm-hmm. and uh, morgan freeman's memphis mm-hmm. so few few uh people you may have Hannah heard of montana's from nashville Hannah montana for sure uh <laughs> then we have the blind side, uh, the uh, the story of Michael Orr, who uh, came up through. Now he was from Mississippi, I think, right? Yeah, so they and were then, in Memphis, and then he's, and then well, yeah, he, okay, so it was Memphis, 
and then he went to Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Like all the the family that adopts him essentially went all went to Ole Miss mm-hmm. and everything. And I guess it was like a big thing in there. Like, was he's going to go to UT or is he going to go to Ole Miss and everything? And he ends up going to Ole Miss because you know his adopted family did it. Uh, Michael Orr had a had a somewhat decent career. I guess he played for the Ravens. Mm-hmm for a while but uh but uh yes he as a pro he i don't think he really really panned out and the movie treats him as if he were like the greatest left tackle of all time yes this Um, was basically just sandra bullock's aaron brockovich mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. that's how i regard the movie yeah and she got she got her oscar and it's 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 you know it's basically yeah like the the whole point of it is like she teaches him how to how to be the (laughs) This is like it's, it's like you protect the blind side, <laughs> and, and you know and, I don't understand this man. I don't know who else was nominated that year, but like nothing about that performance screams Oscar, definite Oscar. Well, and it's like she was a like a runaway train. There was no is, stopping her. This is your uh, Hollywood royalty getting in a movie that's just good enough to finally award her. Yeah. So, like, if anybody out there who has, like, not, never won an Oscar gets into one of these movies, they're going to win it. Doesn't mm. matter if four other people or ten other people are better than them. So, it did, like, cynically scream Oscar to me when, mm. I, when I saw yeah. it. Yeah, and the movie is perfectly fine, like yeah. you said. It's not like, I mean, I think on the IMDb it's got some outrageous 7.8-something <laughs> rating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's not that good. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but it's good. It's, it's all a right. fine story. Uh, you know, I think they they hew pretty closely to what happened. I think there was like some sort of investigation into why he went to Ole Miss and like yeah. if if they had legally adopted him or or what happened. But you know, it's fine. It's, yeah, it's just not any better than that. Yeah, and there's a glamour shot of former UT coach Phil Fulmer going, "Wow." <laughs> you know in that sopranos marathon re- i was watching the final final season yeah 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 i don't know why they did two season sixes uh, i don't baffling either. but yeah there's that like i think it's the last episode or the next to last episode is where eric mangini has a cameo in the oh, restaurant because yeah. <laughs> one of the mobsters like hey tony you know who's over there it's the man genius <laughs> and you're like what a fucking time capsule this episode yes. is because he was hot shit for like yeah, yeah. six weeks yeah. and then over right now he's got like oh the 10 p.m yeah, show on that, sec Network. Uh, final episode uh, again uh because it it that final episode's just so well well constructed the ending of that is so well constructed oh yeah i i love too the fact that when it first aired and i didn't get to see it when it first aired uh, but, uh, when it first aired, uh, the way they cut away from Tony in mid, like, just looking over it, uh, as we assume Meadow is coming through the door, uh, it just cuts off midway and it's black. And so, like, tons of people called their cable yep. and <clears throat> said, it just shut off like in the middle you of the ending me. i was confident that something had fucked up on my tv because mm-hmm. it was so sudden. It was right after the don't stop. Yeah. And I was like, the fuck <laughs> yeah and because there was so much anticipation mm. building in that scene it's like fuck oh yeah all right but yeah, in yeah. hindsight it really works perfect oh it's perfect yeah absolutely um then we have uh the castaway uh the castaway we have <laughs> castaway. castaway i was about to say the client which is the next <laughs> one but castaway uh obviously in memphis for uh quite a bit of it mm-hmm. uh, uh when he's not on the island uh, although in Memphis has a few islands like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, Mud Island. Yeah, Mud Island. Me- it meant this because FedEx is based there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 
big, huge advertisement for FedEx. It is, man. Uh, it, it, you, it's one of those you may not remember that about Castaway because of most of the stuff on the island and Wilson and all that. Mm-hmm. But God damn, is that a FedEx commercial? <laughs> mm-hmm. it is. Um, Didn't we even joke? Did we send this movie? Yeah, we did. We joked about like uh, it could have been DHL or <laughs> yeah, UPS yeah, yeah. or any other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I love this movie. Great movie. I can watch this movie anytime. Any at any point that I come in on it, like every once in a while, like I'll come in right as the plane crashes, and that scene is amazing. Yeah, yeah. his whole uh, journey to get on the island is 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 riveting. And then by the time I, I realize it, like I've watched the entirety of the movie because I I can't rip myself away from it. It's it just keeps going and going and going. And what I do like is that it spends a lot of time setting up before he makes the fire, right? Yeah, and uh, and well before he he does the tooth thing um it's it sets up a lot of that but it doesn't dwell on him building the raft and all that stuff it flashes forward pretty quickly Mm -hmm. and so the movie doesn't bog down for a movie that's you know a singular showpiece for this guy you'd think that it would it would have some slow spots i think it's just perfect all the way through yeah Yeah, it's fantastic i don't need the everything after he gets rescued yeah i I guess that's yeah i don't know how to end it better um you you could end it better than him literally being at a crossroads well you could well, <laughs> yeah. yes well i i mean you could have ended it you could actually this would be a fun editing exercise is if you edit it from where that ship goes by to like the end of captain phillips where he's getting medical treatment on the boat. Oh, <laughs> yeah, nice. you could end it that way yeah um not literally clipping in that footage uh but yeah you're right what, what, what we i think we even mentioned this in the sins video is that you know the the director's so confident in his lead actor that there's just there's long takes where the camera's just sitting there mm-hmm. and it's just letting Tom Hanks do his thing. We're not seeing a lot of camera movement, not a lot of zooming in and out. It's just he's nailing it. Watch him. It's, yeah. the, uh, it's the literal embodiment of we would watch Tom Hanks read the phone book. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really good. Is this the last good Robert Zemeckis movie? Ooh. It's the last one that I love. Yes. Well, it's the last, well, great one. So he did, he did flight, which is going to be up there somewhere like in that it's decent category. Uh, but he, he went on this like thing. What lies beneath also came out this same year, but, um, what lies beneath has been forgotten a time. Uh, he started on this whole like effects driven polar express Christmas Carol Beowulf Mm -hmm, kick. mm -hmm. For a really long time in fact that's pretty much all of his 2000s or, or is stuff like that then he finally gets back into stuff like flight and then welcome tomorrow one which i still haven't seen i haven't either uh, uh, which reviews, hasn't really gotten yeah. uh, the reviews are telling me to wait yeah yeah uh, and apparently i didn't realize that there was a previous documentary about this guy i didn't know that um that everybody says just watch that it's much better no uh, yeah. it seems to be the case a lot right <laughs> yeah oh yeah he did the walk which i didn't see he did the allied and oh, that's funny. He that's the second documentary that he's remade yeah. into. Uh, yeah. Like the the documentary is apparently superior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you guys, um, I went down a rabbit hole. Um, you know that end part of Alpha Dog where Sharon Stone is given that interview about how she's tried to kill herself uh, and alcohol has always been involved, mm-hmm. and she does that great line where she's like. Uh, if God has a plan for me, he better get the fuck down here. Tell me what it is. <laughs> uh, that that scene is always played weird to me. And she's often, I, I've just assumed it was poorly acted. Mm-hmm. There's real video of the real woman, mm. the real mother, 
Really? Saying everything Sharon Stone says it, and she's nailed that. Really? That woman says it exactly like Sharon Stone. It's fucking chilling to watch when you know it's the real woman. Wow. Uh, but she delivers those lines exactly like Sharon Stone does, note for note. That's interesting. And I, that's all that scene has always stood out to me as bad. But her makeup job is not great in that scene either. The, the, weight gain yeah, yeah, effects yeah. that they're trying to do on Sharon Stone don't really work there. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's interesting. She's actually nailing it. She's but, nailing but it. The original is is not good. Yeah. How many times have you seen that movie? Now? Alpha Dog? Yeah. Over 20. Easy. <laughs> Easy. I can't like stop going on, back. Though. I can't stop going back. It's, it's just... So good. And, and what's crazy to me is that he hasn't made more movies this good. Because mm-hmm. I've seen a handful of Cassavetes movies, but none of them holds a candle to this nope. one. And it's just like something came together perfectly on this. And he wrangled a huge cast of will be stars that aren't yet. I don't know. I just, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, It's a, it's a really good movie that just didn't get a good play when it first came out. And we've talked about it before was wrangled up in its own legal issues because Mm -hmm. they, the people who were giving them information about how to make the movie, what they hadn't even done the trial yet. (laughs) Um, Now we go on to the client. Of course, there's a, this, if there's any, uh one uh aspect about this state it's grisham land yeah mm-hmm. you will see a lot of grisham stuff in here the client is joel schumacher's uh second um and actually no it's his first and then time to kill would be the second one that yeah. he did on based on this movie john grisham was like i finally entrust someone to do a time to kill that was my first bestseller and i'm finally Here's here you go, Joel Schumacher. Yeah. After the client, uh, we were talking last week about like the pantheon of Grisham movies adaptations and how, uh, what was the one that you were talking the about? Rainmaker. The Rainmaker was near the top of that list. The client to me is down near the bottom. Yeah, it's hard watch, man. The, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And so you have Brad Renfro, who was uh, from Knoxville. Um, is he really? Yep. Oh wow. Uh, no longer with us, unfortunately. But uh, oh, I forgot that. Yeah, uh, Susan Sarandon and Tommy Lee Jones uh, rounded out, and uh, I actually don't even remember what this movie was about. It, it's it's Renfro, sort of client. His little brother so. witnessed a murder, and it was mob based, a Memphis right? mob based yeah. murder, and they're threatening the kids. The mom's a single mother who can't doesn't have patience, but she loves her kids. Um, Susan Sarandon is the lawyer with a heart of gold. Mm-hmm. Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones. He's the old drunk, right? Well, he's he's uh, just the legal pursuer. Yeah. He's always pursuing somebody. <laughs> in this movie. Um, and yeah, it's it's just buggy, muggy, foggy crap. <laughs> yeah. I hated it. I don't think anyone's accent works. <laughs> no. Even though Renfro's from Knoxville, I feel like his accent is one of the worst in the movie. And That's it may true, just be yeah. because he's trying too hard. It's almost like that. Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, we're going to do up there. Yeah. Sound a little too Boston, <laughs> right? Um, well, yeah, that's a, an odd aspect, right? When you get somebody who's actually from the region, who, and they and then they play it up, like, right? Like uh, I think I may have mentioned this before. Reese Witherspoon in Freeway, like, oh, really yeah, yeah, dials yeah. up. She, I don't think she has a Southern accent anyway, but like, she really dials that shit up in Freeway. That's a fucked up movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh yeah the client's not very good uh then davy crockett king of the wild frontier i never saw this no. oh yeah davy davy crockett is it where the, the song comes frontier. from yep the ballad of davy crockett mm-hmm. so the so the movie's from 1902 1955 <laughs> right. yeah. yeah never saw this it. is uh we actually watched this in uh in in uh middle school i think oh yeah um it's fine it's a old disney movie i think mm-hmm. um where it goes through the the, the life of davy crockett 
is almost unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he fought in the Civil War, I believe, mm-hmm. and then uh, negotiated some war treaty between the the Creek uh, Native Americans and the and uh, the uh, the U.S. Mm-hmm. And then went on to be a senator. And then he fucking died defending the Alamo. Mm-hmm. So like this guy just led like a million lives. Yeah. Um. And it's it's perfectly fine. I don't remember a whole lot about the movie. I remember about the uh the person because we learned so much of him being from tennessee hmm. by the way i don't think this is on the uh the list but it reminds me uh of the movie sergeant york which um uh, alvin c york was from tennessee oh. and i think a lot of that movie is set there gary cooper plays uh plays uh alvin c york and uh he's a this is the opposite of hacksaw ridge where hmm. he's a conscientious objector at first the movie's like but he loves killing he loves killing <laughs> uh this movie's like i think it's like three and change maybe four hours long mm. something like that because it starts off with him in his early days where he's a sort of a, a small time criminal type guy and then he finds jesus and he becomes he becomes a, a bible thumper type of guy mm. um and then he becomes conscious objector once World War One comes along, and they want to recruit him and everything, and and um, so he goes through a whole like period of time where he's like, I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go. Then he reads some Bible passage that says it's okay in hmm. wartime and all that. So he goes off to war, and and uh, and uh, you know, like early on, you see him like uh, like he he wins a turkey shoot or whatever, and you see he's an awesome you know he's awesome with a gun and everything so there's a big there's a scene in there where he's killing germans like the turkeys he shot in, earlier in the movie huh. really good movie though by the way it's it's been i don't know if it's been lost to time it's is a, this movie being parodied by the movie within a movie in inglorious bastards the german version is that sort of like the play on this with the sniper movie where he is in the tower and he kills all the uh, no he's forces? not i mean he does technically i guess snipe in this he's sort of hidden behind the thing but uh he's he's the in the there's a big thing in the with the turkeys is like if you shoot the one that's behind the the leader you know if you shoot the leader then you won't get anybody you you only get the one but if you shoot the one in the back all the other ones won't be won't recognize it and they'll just keep going about their way so he shoots a bunch of them and then in this one he's behind their enemy lines and he's they're all in a bunker Hmm. and he keeps shooting one after the other and they're not even aware of what's going on and then finally when they when they are he he claims that there's like a hundred you know thousand of us or whatever behind or whatever and they all surrender of course uh. that bullshit probably didn't really happen the way <laughs> the way it said it did but uh that's what gideon did <laughs> in the bible <laughs> with all the horns all the way all around you know what yeah, 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 yeah. i haven't gideon. seen it in forever but i guarantee you there's some gideon reference in there that i didn't get <laughs> that i didn't get at the time but uh yeah we we were proud of our our tennessee war here that's right man here. uh then we have death proof which is tarantino's really only foray into his home state well except for uh butch was supposed to go to knoxville yeah. in pulp fiction yeah yeah next time i'll see you'll be on tennessee time um death proof uh in the second half after the, oh, the unbelievably great first half of mm-hmm. death proof the second half isn't as good but man i like, love the whole movie yeah uh but after the the first half which is in austin mm-hmm. 
which we will be getting to Texas yeah, baby. after this. Uh, but uh, after that first half, he tracks down some other women who are in who are sort of going through lebanon tennessee mm-hmm. even though rosario dawson calls it lebanon tennessee <laughs> uh, and here you call it lebanon yeah exactly well you know you can't you can't uh, blame her i mean the hell it's supposed mm-hmm. to be lebanon uh and uh but uh they're going through that because they're this is uh, a bunch of people who are working on a movie that are that in town or whatever mm-hmm. and they're working on the coolest movie and blah 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 uh but uh he like uh they have that uh opening section of the first of the second half is them in a in some sort of diner and he's recreating the reservoir dogs mm-hmm. yeah scene. yeah yeah i think it's shot for shot uh except for the dialogue yeah but uh and so zoe bell plays herself zoe bell plays right? herself yeah. yes it's such a weird She's- like that second half to me i i'm like you i i love it i love the first half even more mm-hmm. but the second half just feels strange like it's it's a meta reality because zoe bell is playing herself yeah it's a movie shooting about a movie that's aping another movie by yep. the same director like it it's just unusual but it does work yeah um uh so like yeah i don't i, I guess he i guess he finally said let's do something i don't think they shot it in tennessee though hmm I don't think they shot it there. Um, I still feel bad for the brunette. Oh, Mary Elizabeth they, Winston. They just give her to that creep for the car. Yeah. And we never hear from yeah, her again. I know that, that, that at the end they're like beating up Kurt Russell, and like you don't even know if they like what happens with Mary Elizabeth. She's Winston. off living an episode of Criminal Minds, yeah. man. Yeah, she's the she's apparently I think she's the main star of the movie that they're shooting. And then you have Tracy Toms plays um, like a stunt coordinator, maybe. I don't know what she plays in this. Mm-hmm. But Zoe Bell does play herself. She's she was a longtime Uma Thurman uh, body double. Right. That was that was the and she does look a lot like her. If she you, does. If you saw her from a distance and everything, you can see exactly why she got that. Um, uh, but yeah, I love Death Proof, man. I think that's a uh, it's a it's an underrated movie, even by Tarantino. Himself. It is, and again, Kurt Russell is doing is doing terrific work and gets overlooked as being just like this perfect leading man. He's he's really really great. Has he ever won an Oscar? No. Has he ever done anything that got him nominated? Do you think Captain Ron? <laughs> nice. He may have been nominated for Miracle, but I'll look it up. Um. Because there's a guy that may be next in line for the Julia Roberts. Yeah, we need to get him a blindside. Honorary. <laughs> right? We, we actually, I think we looked this up a few weeks ago. He's only been nominated for a Golden Globe once, and it was for Silkwood. You're oh, right. Yeah. We did look that up. Um, well, he's so, better than his credit. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. Uh, then we have Dolly Parton's Coat of Many Colors. <laughs> the fuck? Huh? Okay. <laughs> It's a biopic about Dolly Parton. Okay. Now, let me tell you something. Yeah? I love Dolly Parton. Let me tell you something! <laughs> I fucking love Dolly Parton. Yeah? Right? I love everything about her. I love the the personality. Her music is fantastic. She's got a great voice. Huge tracks of land. <laughs> Huge tracks of land! <laughs> she actually uh, she she stopped in. My grandfather used to own a uh, an auto repair shop. And she stopped in to get one of her cars fixed. Nice. And she signed a picture for him. And he had, in fact, I think it's still up there. My Mm -hmm. uncle runs it now. And she's just always been like this this saint to me. So I'll watch anything that she's in. Uh, I've seen a lot of her movies, actually. Nine to Five. uh, Nine to Five is probably the most popular one. Yeah, yeah. What was the other one that she was was in? 
I've already talked Best about Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Um, and sorry, so I, I forgot to hit my buzzer. I, <laughs> I watched this. This came on NBC. It was her story, basically, like how she was raised up in uh, Pigeon Forge in the eastern part of Tennessee. And she was dirt poor and all that stuff and how she basically pulled herself up by her bootstraps. Mm-hmm. And it's a f- fantastic movie. It's a nice little, uh, like, uh, Hallmark movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I, I, I hope I never even think about it again. <laughs> By the way, briefly, we'll mention, and I know I know that we probably covered it in Kentucky, but Coal Miner's daughter has mm-hmm. a, has a Nashville section as well. Oh, sort of that's right. Big point where she plays at the Grand Ole Opry, which is at the Ryman at the time, right? Um, and uh, just a like a good thirty minutes in Nashville. The Grand Ole Opry is a really confusing concept. Yep, it is. It is like it's like I've lived here for twenty five years, and I don't think I get it. Well, so it started at the Opry House. But in, I mean, is Opryland. it the name of a performance? No, it's well, ye, it's the name of the event, the weekly event, the Grand Ole Opry. Yes, and it used to, it used to be, it was at the Ryman for like thirty years, right. or something like that. And now, and it's still, they still have performances of the Grand Ole Opry at the Ryman regularly, but it's mostly out of Opryland, right? Exactly. And it's like, didn't they even build their own whole like theater out there mm-hmm. for? Yes. It? Yep. All it's right. the new Opry House. So it was, it was, it was the Grand Ole Opry until 1974 and then like then they built that other that other place and it became the grand Ole opry uh the 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 different the the reason why it's so confusing is that they kept the name opry in that area where we know yeah. opry land yeah so you know yeah. so it's you know and then opry land no longer exists it's That's now right. opry mills used to be a theme park were you here for opry land no, it, just missed it, it. Yeah. I, I i visited because i came down in spring break in 96 and 97 mm-hmm um and then i moved here in 98 okay um so it was up at some point i never went yeah um, i don't have any and i would to go it. probably two three times a year and with my grandparents mm-hmm. and they fucking loved opryland yeah. i mean we had a routine we saw this show and we walked in and we went to this roller coaster and then we got food and then we did this yep it's interesting because when they when they decided to tear down and build that mall that was the smart play theme yeah. parks were dying malls were booming mm-hmm. malls are now well, there's almost no malls being constructed nope um and they're they're trying these new like outdoor malls or mixed use kind of things um <clears throat> but theme parks are making a comeback right. <laughs> and more than ever like like property based harry potter land we're gonna have marvel land and yeah. star wars land and in hindsight they might have been better off just rebuilding. Well, plus it was a niche market. It was it was you know country music based, right? It wasn't just like a, reg- a you know random Six Flags. But they but they tore it down. I think even before country's full boom, right? Because now well, I think a park that was country music themed would be as attractive as fucking well, Harry Potter. Land. Also, people who really liked amusement parks didn't go to Opryland, like. Like that's true yeah the 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 shit that i was hearing about like people going to king's island and stuff like that they were that's the people who liked roller coasters were going there they were taking the extra trip to go there whereas Omriland, the, what what name one good ride don't say chaos Ooh. i actually like chaos but uh the hangman was the the last roller coaster that they built that mm-hmm. was the one that had the dangling seats yeah uh, I always liked the Wabash Cannonball. Wabash Cannonball was fine. It's just that it was it's one. It was fall a one and a court one trick pony. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. and that was it. And I I like the Screaming Demon too because I actually don't like traditional 
uh, uh, roller coasters. Mm-hmm. So this was a little. It but had those more are sway. dime a dozen. I mean, you could see yeah. you can. You, there's a screaming Delta demon called something else everywhere else. It's the Georgia Cyclone in Six yeah, Flags. Yeah, 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 but yeah. even even roller coasters are dying. I think they're turning into these more uh, video entertainment mm-hmm. immersion based events. Right. So more yeah. like oh, yeah. so more like what chaos was mm-hmm. then. Yeah. That, when I was in, this was a few years back. Um, I went to Universal and Harry Potter World, and then I mean, they had a Transformers ride, they had a Harry Potter ride, they had a Minions ride. All three of those rides were indoor, air conditioned, screen, yeah, yeah, entertainment yeah. immersion based rides. As whereas, like the traditional roller coasters were few and far between. Mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting. In, in hindsight, the investors, whoever they may be, Gaylord. May, especially after the flood, may have wished that they instead of rebuilding the mall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have taken my kid a million times to that part. Then we have the Evil Dead, uh, which Mm. is shot in some, was it Dyersburg or some, it was like, like a, it's a real small town that it was shot in. Morristown, Tennessee. Morristown, Tennessee. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is like early indie movement, early 80s. Yeah. And uh, I imagine they they shot it for nothing as far as like, uh, you know, acquiring any land to shoot it or. Anything. Yeah, I think. It, 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 in fact, that's the reason that they went to Tennessee. Just looking at this. And this they is were back receptive. in the day. Sam, this is Sam Raimi. I don't know if it's his first. It, I guess it would have to be almost. But the Coen brothers are his editors on this. It's his third wow. feature. Third feature. Oh, it's his fourth feature. His first one was 1977, It's Murder. Ah. And then uh, 1978 was Clockwork and Within the Woods, and then Evil Dead came out in 81. Okay. Do you like this movie? I don't I don't gravitate towards it. I, I like Evil Dead 2 better. I haven't seen it in forever because, okay, I, I haven't seen it in forever, but from what my memory pulls up, Evil Dead 2 is essentially Evil Dead but has the yes. Raimi humor. Evil right? Dead Two has I if I'm if I I know there's some Evil Dead like nerds out there, but <laughs> if I if I recall, Evil Dead Two has nothing to do like it's not a continuation, right? Of it's the first. It's one. essentially the same movie. It's right? the same movie with comedy elements. Right, right. The first one is a little bit more straight laced. Right. In fact, there may not be anything that's funny. In I don't the first remember one. anything that was overtly funny. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, like it. If you watch the first one and then you watch the second one, you're like, "Why is this asshole Bruce Campbell going up to the same cabin?" Right, right, right. You know, yeah. you know and uh, with no knowledge from the the previous, right? Movie. And there's no explanation yeah, as to yeah. oh, I went to a cabin like this once yeah. or anything like that. It's like, yeah, it really is like a straight up remake, but called part two. Right, right. Um, so that's why this one is just kind of like shoved under the rug for me i'm sure it's if i go back and watch i'm sure it's fine mm-hmm. i'm sure there's little Raimi touches back in those days but like I, I if i'm gonna go back and watch an evil dead movie it's gonna be either evil dead 2 or army of darkness yeah i think i watched this series backwards i saw army of darkness first oh really yeah, yeah i did too and then i <laughs> really? saw evil dead 2 and then i saw evil dead because <laughs> i had a friend who knew even back then i wasn't so big on horror mm-hmm. so he he said, now that it started out as a horror series, but by the third one, it's just straight comedy and gave me like three sentence elevator pitch on what had happened up till now and then showed me Army of Darkness and I fucking loved it. Yeah, I just hey. walked around going, this is my boomstick. Well, yeah, <laughs> actually, the and, quotes and-, and the beginning of Army of Darkness plays the last bit yeah. from Evil Dead 2, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Now, yeah, those two are connected. They're, mm-hmm. They they have the, you know, the Necronomicon and mm-hmm. all this. 
going on but uh but yeah that first one is really just kind of uh isolated by yeah. itself plus over the years i think there's like of every single movie there's got to be like 35 different versions of each movie <laughs> yeah. like there's a director's cut and then yeah. there's like some other kind of cut and they keep every they're just trying to get more money out of people who love evil dead but like every new package that comes out has got new shit and like how do you have new shit <laughs> yeah. after all this um yeah i i haven't seen the original in a long time mm-hmm. so i don't know i remember just comparing it to the other two and not thinking it was nearly as good right but you if you if you watch it you realize there's just some some innovative type of things going on in this that sam raimi like that sort of that dollying that he goes Mm -hmm. through the woods and everything i don't think very many people would do that's very kinetic yeah and he does that in the first movie you see a lot of those sam raimi techniques going on in the first movie it's really where he just goes balls to the wall in the second yeah um then we uh go on to the firm another grisham uh adaptation uh in fact this was the first one uh yeah. the, the he had he had done a time to kill which was a huge bestseller and then the firm was another one that was like on the bestseller list for like a year or right. something like that uh got tom cruise in this thing uh got uh gene hackman uh, this is probably in my top 30 of all time i love this movie. really wow. that I, much? Think, I think this movie it's sydney pollock directed it mm-hmm. um it's great all of the bit parts work great J- gary Busey and holly hunter and fucking gene hackman like you were saying he made uh, wilford, wilford brimley <laughs> intimidating <laughs> mm-hmm. he made Seinfeld the oatmeal guy intimidating <laughs> yeah 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 he is he's a he's like is he I'm not just a postmaster i'm also like a, a general yeah <laughs> is he like a fixer of some sort yeah of yeah, yeah. He's, that, he's the firm's fixer yeah yeah um yeah the in we're in grisham land here so this guy tom cruise is like a first in his class or whatever gets hired at this awesome firm or whatever and then he finds out firm is kind of evil yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah man yeah and they immediately of, get shit on him yeah instead of the al pacino's devil being at the helm <laughs> yeah uh, they, they just happen to work for the mob ha- yeah. hal halbrick is uh, in this too yeah mm-hmm. and uh god it's just uh, you know they go down to the cayman islands and he gene Triplehorn is right by the way because like they just got married he just graduated and within maybe like a week or two he goes down to the cayman islands happens upon this woman who's being assaulted right mm-hmm. on the beach and so after surviving and scaring off this person who had just assaulted this woman she wants to fuck and yeah. he immediately not knowing this woman not even seeing this woman before just like shows up she's on the beach i'm just gonna whip it out mm-hmm. that's it and yeah. then that that's the crux of the entire movie i love this movie but that it's just so that's the only that's the real problem because it's such an it's such an out of place moral failing for that character yeah yeah i mean you could see how this could happen um you know with a little more details thrown into it but uh Maybe. i th- i think it's there to elicit gene Hep- Triplehorn's reaction saying like you were gone for one night and literally, the first thing you do is stick your dick in something. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, they want it for leverage. They take photos of mm-hmm. him. It's all set up so yeah. that they can keep him in line later. Right. Which feels a little bit... I love this movie. It feels a little bit of a cheap plot No, wise. I agree. That That is, like, outside of what his... Because he has seemed to be morally 
upstanding. That's the whole point of. I mean, the, yeah, the, that's the whole the thing. thing. He goes right? and stands up to gangsters because yeah. it's the right thing to do. <laughs> and yet he's just going to go, oh, I'll have sex with this hot chick on the beach. It just feels oh, no. a little too wide of a gap. Oh. He's not really morally sketchy anywhere else in the movie. That's true. He's doing he's doing uh, backflips with the the kid and the, <laughs> yeah. the thing. This is uh, somewhat interesting, too. Uh, Gene Hackman's name doesn't appear anywhere on the posters or uh, any of the marketing of it, hmm. because um, I believe he asked to have share billing with Tom Cruise on the uh, the front of the poster, and they wouldn't allow that. This was a Tom Cruise movie. So Gene Hackman said, OK, just pull my entire name off of it. That's crazy. Yeah. But it did, obviously didn't hurt his relationship with grisham in any way because then he makes the runaway jury yeah yeah, yeah yeah so it must have been like a studio producer thing yeah wasn't there, there was just another, a tom cruise thing wasn't there an, there was another one he did too um the chamber the chamber yeah. oh yeah no this is this is a excellent excellent movie though i love the way the second half just unfolds mm-hmm. like everything is done perfectly like he has to do this in this way he has to turn the the stereo up and tell gene yeah Horn, that's a great scene uh where he's just pulling her in and everything and like whispering in her ear uh she has to go off and then they craft that whole story about why she's leaving yeah and then the whole holly hunter stuff and like how she gets involved with it the, the resolution that he uses to get out of his predicament is yeah. fucking genius of course yeah. that was in the the, the book uh i love this movie a lot yeah no mm-hmm. it's really really great it would be right up there and i think we even said this last week with rainmaker for me oh, yeah. i don't know that you could make a strong argument for any other grisham movie mm-hmm. as being better no nope. than those two no definitely not uh then we have great balls of fire that's dennis quaid playing jerry lee lewis uh i forgot where jerry lee lewis is from but he is from tennessee mm-hmm. yeah this this all happens down in memphis he's he now lives in mississippi he's still kicking mm-hmm. and he's crazy as a betsy bug right oh now. yeah he is uh he, he'll uh greet people with a shotgun oh and uh yeah he's he's all fucked up this is a very good movie by the way yeah i haven't seen it i will because it's a 1989 movie <laughs> that's right yeah um so but uh but yeah it's about jerry lee lewis yeah winona Ryder's in it and it's it's about his much maligned rightfully so uh mirroring of his his cousin i believe who, who was, was 13 yeah at, very at young and he didn't think anything was wrong with it it's interesting the way dennis quaid plays him because he thinks he's just this like you know jovial you know happy-go-lucky guy that just happens to to be amazing uh on the piano and then he you know it, it shows his downfall it's interesting alec baldwin plays uh jimmy swaggart who's mm-hmm. his cousin mm-hmm. uh and it's you see jerry lee going his trajectory going down as jimmy swaggart who was a ne'er-do-well at first yeah going up uh it's just really interesting dynamic it's maybe uh played a little too saccharine especially for for this story mm-hmm. um but uh you know it's it's a good movie yeah and i love me some jerry lee lewis music mm-hmm. personally he's a scumbag mm. uh then we have hannah montana the movie obviously oh! obviously uh miley is uh from franklin tennessee <laughs> yeah uh because uh when billy ray cyrus had his uh achy breaky heart uh moment uh he moved to Nashville and, uh, like everybody, moved down to like Leapers Fork and Franklin and all now, that. Now, I realize, like, he was on Hannah Montana, the show, mm-hmm. and, and has done very well for himself post Miley's fame without leeching off of Miley's fame. Right. 
But man, he did a lot with a little, didn't he? Because that was like, I know he had another, an, at least one more song that charted. But yeah, that's, but that's all anyone remembers that him song for. called mm-hmm. "Some Gave All." I think is what it was called, or I something think so. like that. Oh, was that the Pro Troop thing? I, I, I think I can't yeah. remember, but it, that was the only song I can, I can recall. But I mean, he, that, they had lots of kids, and then yeah. he stretched that shit far, man. He, mm-hmm. Did he, they have lots of kids? They have like four or five kids. Yeah, yeah. Wow. There they have Riley, Noah, Trace. Miley has another sister. Mm-hmm. Why are you laughing? Yeah, there's <laughs> my wife. Are they all up. famous or is this? You just know this just because you're a Miley fan. My, I like Miley, but Miley's a famous, famous recording artist. Yep. Noah's a famous recording artist. I know about Trace, her brother, just because of news. Mm. And then her sister and her mom have like a, a HGTV show. Oh, they really? like It's like uh, uh, Cyrus and sister or cyrus and mom or really? s- flipping cyrus or something <laughs> he has he has six total children wow yeah so um, interesting and you know i'm just saying for for one hit you would have think he would have mike tyson himself and mm-hmm. like bottomed out to where miley would never even have a chance to get famous mm-hmm. but he didn't man he made that shit last yeah. i'm impressed is what i'm saying Animal have you seen this movie Yes, I've seen this movie. Anna Montana is a unbelievable phenomenon. If you want to talk about mid zeros as fuck, Hannah yeah. Montana is the mid zeros as fuck. Yes, indeed. Um, I can't remember. This is not this movie. I don't think took off. It's the best of both worlds that had Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus in it. That was the a three D event that I think may have made like thirty four million in its opening weekend oh, or Jesus. something. Maybe. It was like some insane. Phenomenon. But that, even that came before this, right? That came before this. Okay. And then this one came out, and it was sort of the end of Hannah Montana. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that one made nearly as much of a mark, even though Hannah Montana at the time was Miley's calling card. Like, yeah. she didn't have her own name really yet. Right. Uh, it was Hannah Montana was her thing. She shook that pretty quick, but um i believe it was that best of both worlds that did some crazy amount of business yeah this one only only was 80 million in the u.s yeah this is also my i often talk about my buddy josh josh Childs. Mm-hmm. he's in this movie yeah and in oh fact, yeah wow he's i haven't in, seen the movie but i've seen his scene he's in the shoe he's the shoe store manager he, he, oh, okay. and he's like nice. there's like a big fight that happens and he's like keeps on trying to like say something yeah and that's, something. That, that's it's actually the quote-unquote inciting incident because it's it's sh- sort of like uh hannah montana's or miley's breaking point as being like a rich you know acting out and mm-hmm. And they have to send her off back to the homeland right. to remember her roots and whatnot <laughs> back in Franklin, Tennessee. I take it back. So the Hannah Montana, the movie actually did better on opening weekend than that and made more money overall. Hmm. Interesting. So, but the best of both worlds, I just remember like selling out and mm. like being like a huge thing was mainly for that opening weekend. But yeah, this definitely was towards the end of the run of the TV show too. Mm-hmm. Yeah uh hustle and flow we briefly mentioned that this is craig brewer's i believe is his debut i don't know if it's his what debut. Was it 2003 this was 2005 2005 yeah this was the night that i saw four movies in one night Yikes. this had to be in the top tier of the 2005 movies right? it was yeah terrence howard had been around for a really long time but mm-hmm. he this was sort of a star making performance for him what's his deal uh, uh, he's got a got a reputation he does yeah, it was funny we watched the first iron man and I was reminded how much I like Terrence Howard's roadie more than I like Don Cheadle's roadie. 
And my son actually asked me, he was like, who is that? And I was like, that's Rhodey. And he was like, no, it's not. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had seen all the other movies before this. Well, it's this, uh, in this case with Iron Man, what I remember was that he wanted a raise and to the, to the point where they weren't willing to give it to him because he, I think he knew where the character was going to go. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and, there's even that moment where he looks at the, the suit and he's like, next yeah. time, baby. Yeah. yeah. Which and we so, send. <laughs> I think they, they were like, I think they took their ball and went home yeah. and hired Don Cheadle. Yeah. Uh, but he definitely has that reputation. Miles Teller would be jealous of, no, this guy would be jealous of Miles Teller's reputation. Yeah. But neither one of them have a great rep. Yeah. This is a guy who's, I don't, is he a convict? Is he or his character? Yeah. He's a pimp. He's, he's a an pimp. actual he's pimp. He's a pimp. Yeah. Okay. So he he's a want, drug dealer and a pimp. But he wants to uh, sort of start a music career or recording career. And he's got Taraji P. Henson with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, the, the best scene for me in this movie is when he's uh, he's doing his recording and his neighbor who they don't they don't like each other is making a bunch of noise. And he comes over and he he, he knocks on the door and he's like he's like man i know that we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things and we're we don't really like each other and everything but and i can't really really uh i can't really make you can't i can only really just request that if you could just turn that down (laughs) just for for an hour or so and everything i love that (laughs) scene so good (laughs) um and then it it won the oscar for a heart out here for a pimp Mm mm-hmm yeah, uh, three six mafia, three six mafia, which uh, was a crazy like uh, moment in the Oscar. Like, <laughs> thank God, yeah, we need more of that shit. Definitely need more of that. <laughs> but it was funny because the stuffy ass Oscar telecast suddenly had three six That's mafia. So when it, the, the guys that did slob on my knob. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell you what, this movie does. It's hilarious the way they use DJ Qualls. You know, because he. he he is DJ Qualls, but he turns into like this accepted member of the group as mm-hmm. like the, the producer and everything. Anthony Anderson is really good in this. Taron Manning in this? Um, Am I thinking of a different yes. movie? No, you're right. Okay. Okay, so I Walk the Line is the Gregory Peck movie, right? Oh, I'm sorry. I put that in the wrong place. I, I meant Walk the Line. Okay, but, well, there. I looked up I Walk the Line, and it is um, uh, about... Uh, a sheriff in a small town in Tennessee and Gregory Peck plays. Mm. So, what are the odds? Yeah, no, it's crazy. <laughs> there you go. I've never seen it, but uh, anyway, we'll talk about Walk the Line. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, Reese Witherspoon, and uh, it, this is one of the better bi- biopics, I'd say. And I think it's almost solely because of those two, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon. They, they play them pitch perfect, no, no pun intended. Right. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, I, I got a problem with that guy. Like, I, for some reason, like, I th- I feel like maybe it's just the I'm not really here or whatever. That, no, not, not that one. It's uh the the documentary he did on himself when he was yeah, growing a beard not, and doing I, the... It's, it's I'm, not, it's I'm not here. I'm not here, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, that period, I guess, just seemed so pompous and so self-righteous that I, I don't know if I like him Didn't as a person. Didn't he give an interview on a red carpet and ask if there was a frog on his head? <laughs> I don't remember that, but that's totally I'm pretty sure he's in the middle do. of a red carpet interview before it had come out officially. He was making this fictional documentary yeah. where he said, is there a frog in my head right now? I feel like there's a frog in my head. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm going to find this. Video. I, it's, it probably it's, is. I'm still here, by the way. The, the There were a lot of these, by the way, that came out. I'm still here. And the Bob Dylan one was called. I'm not there. I'm not there. And then there was a Zach Braff one that that's I'm not I'm neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. But anyway, all that being said, I do like him performance wise. Like I, I, I find him endearing in her and in fucking mm-hmm. you know, I walked a lot or walked a lot, not I walked a lot. And uh, yeah, he's apparently really good in Sisters Brothers, too. Um, but he's terrific as Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I like this movie 30 percent less than i used to after i saw walk, walk hard. hard this is the movie that walk hard is just <laughs> destroying and it's, do- and it's doing such a good job but i did see this well, four or five months ago again and it is slightly better than most of these biopics especially these musical biopics it's mm-hmm. certainly better than bohemian rhapsody it's certainly mm-hmm. better than ray but it's not so great that i'm just like yeah the world really needed that mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, in the Valley of Ella, that's oh, Jesus. Uh, 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 Paul Haggis, uh, Tommy Lee Jones movie. Tommy Lee Jones has done a lot of Tennessee movies. He you has. know, there's a breaking moment in the case in this movie. Have you seen this movie? Uh, yeah, I have. Where Tommy Lee Jones points out that the street light, the shade of the street light makes the car look blue when it's green or green when it's blue all along they've been chasing this blue car or whatever but he walks up and looks at the, oh streetlight made that look blue it's actually green like have you seen this movie yeah but but back in 2007 this movie was a slog it's, <laughs> it's also depressing as hell too well, it's it's based off of the the true events right of the the uh ex-soldiers right that uh, that came home and and committed a murder yeah um and i saw a documentary it's interesting i saw this back in the day too but I saw a documentary about the the real killings and the uh, the the videotape, the interrogation tape of the guys like recounting what what happened mm. because I think they dismembered the 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 person too, and they're just like talking about it like they were ordering a taco or something like mm-hmm. that. Like it's just completely uh, clinical and that kind of thing. And the justification, I don't know what happened with the case, but the justification is that they had PTSD from their combat uh time mm-hmm. and that's why that contributed to both the event itself and then their their affect afterwards now you wrote a note here that said this is supposedly in georgia where this happened the but actual it, thing but the movie sets it in tennessee Correct. for some reason yeah yeah paul haggis said he wanted to set it in a different area i don't know why because yeah. tennessee gave him a little bit more of a tax break i guess so yeah uh then we have iron man 3 obviously uh <laughs> uh there's the point where uh, uh, Tony's suit uh, goes on autopilot <laughs> and he crashes. Uh, I think it was shot in North Carolina, but was they it really? called it Tennessee. Uh, he runs into a kid from Insidious and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Jurassic World. And Jurassic World. Uh, that kid is always from a broken home because in this movie, he's like, Dad went out for scratchies and never came back. Yeah. <laughs> that was four years ago. And in the Jurassic World, he's like literally crying on the tram about, I'm going to have to have two Christmases yeah. and two Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. It's the worst part of that movie, and that's saying something. Oh man! Uh, but yes, he he crashes there because he's going to to uh, seek out what happened to the. There's a there's some sort of like anomaly that his suit was able to like uh, detect that mm-hmm. happened, and it was a mysterious mysterious deaths of soldiers in Tennessee. So he's investigating that. That's sort of his Sherlock Holmesian part of Iron yeah. Man. 
where he's going around asking questions about what really happened, and he finds out that the the soldiers were in, in injected with the uh, extreme with the goo. Or the goo. I like this section of the movie, though. I think this is probably the strongest section of the movie. It is, me. strangely enough. After <laughs> watching the movie again recently, I was like, "Wow, you know, I remember like not really liking this because I think it was just the movie it's out of place. The movie itself, yeah, yeah. But like that part is the best part yeah. of that movie. <laughs> it's the only one." that has him out of the suit completely right yeah yeah and he yeah and it's uh yeah it's 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 it is a, i wish the whole movie could have kind of been that actually no i do too this movie is just all over the fucking place mm-hmm. it doesn't know what it wants to be it wants to be this section where he's investigating and he's figuring out what what's happening and then you just get the the whole guy pierce thing and then the whole pepper thing and the whole multiple suit things and it's just like well, it's just like how many surprise the whole mandarin thing how many surprise villains do we really need yeah because there's at least two or three in here rebecca hall's like a surprise yep. not what i thought you were mm-hmm. i'm just like man if you could have just let ben kingsley be the mandarin and you just take you know dude man out of it Guy I, Pierce. I, I, yeah i totally and agree. the extremist thing mm-hmm. and just make it like a hardcore very powerful terrorist cell that is not going to stop doing what it does just because tony says to yeah and then play that out because they they prop this guy up and of course that's that's what leads to the whole you know mischaracterization but like they they make him look like a very formidable villain yeah and if they had paid off on it, I think it would have been awesome. I'm actually okay with the idea of hiding behind this other bigger baddie, yeah, and 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 being a you know a secret villain. But there's only a matter of time before you realize there's only one guy who could do this shit, mm-hmm. you know. And of course, the fu- <laughs> Iron Man three has these ridiculous things where like he can access uh something from a satellite truck in a news van yeah mm-hmm. and he 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 like accesses all this shit that guy pierce like just happens to have stored yeah. on the suit <laughs> all these videos of all of his evil shit <laughs> he might as well have like listed a folder on there that said porn <laughs> uh while we're here flirting with the mcu you guys see that new spider-man far from home trailer? i have i watched it twice actually so i spent about 15 minutes talking with frank from twitter on twitter about it mm-hmm. and we've already planned out the whole third movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we've decided that in this movie it's very likely that most of that group is going to find out he's spider-man because mm-hmm. what are the odds you go on another field trip this time to europe and spider-man is there to save the i day think again? by the way i think zendaya already knows i think she does too yeah um mm. and i i'm throwing out i think they're gonna make give him his own buffy the vampire slayer like scooby gang oh. to help him he, ned's already in mm-hmm. he looks to be dating the blonde girl she's gonna be in mm-hmm. and then we started playing with what if in the next movie something knocks peter out of commission and flash thompson has to get in the suit or oh. Ned has to get in the suit, ah. <laughs> and they have to work collectively. So, I, uh, if you're listening, Sony, you give me a call. I'll write that. Thing By for the you. way, is this story supposed to be after Infinity War? I was going to ask that. I think what they're trying to do, although it's not explicitly stated in this trailer, is set it in between Infinity War and Homecoming. I, I should say Homecoming and Infinity War, War. or no. Endgame. It's going to be set after Endgame. Oh, you know, um. It almost has to. I have almost no doubt in my mind. Okay. I don't. No one. No one from Sony has called me. <laughs> um, 
But there are lots of clues in this trailer. Uh-huh. And I don't want to get too much into it because I think the trailer gives away plenty about what might or might not happen in Endgame. But mm-hmm. I think it's pretty clear it's going to happen after. Yeah, because... There's even a line in that trailer where somebody says to him, you're all alone now. Hmm. Because think about this. Hmm. Think about this. The, um, you know, he's doing his own thing. Tony shows up. Uh, says here, be an Avenger for for a day in the afternoon in the uh, at the airport or whatever, and then like in the next movie, he's uh, it's in the in Homecoming. There's the whole like you know beginning part of it where he's shooting that found footage looking thing yeah. or whatever um, from Civil War, which is right after that, uh, which is right after Civil War. Yeah. Um. And so, and then there's the bridge between that and Infinity War, which they couldn't have had that much time right in between those two movies. So it has to happen afterwards, unless it's one of those fudging, you know, Marvel timeline. Yeah. Things. I mean, they did. But, they fudged it in the first movie. <laughs> yeah. First I just Spider-Man. think it's it's very telling that that Nick Fury would even show up to mentor Peter Parker at all if mm-hmm. Tony's around to do it. Like Tony's gonna die. Oh, I got you. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I don't know why his spidey sense didn't alert him that Nick Fury was here, by the way, when he walked in. I saw somebody on Twitter say, "No, sp- still no spidey sense? And some guy came below and said, did you not see Infinity War? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I thought the trailer looked great. I thought the music looked amazing. Mm-hmm. sounded amazing because yeah, it's that classic does. Spider-Man theme. Sure does have a little bit of a whiff of Spider-Man 3, though, with the elementals or whatever it is. I think that's is. actually going to be Sandman. Well, I, I think it's three different villains, though. It I is, think, but I think that one one of them is Sandman yeah, yeah, yeah. in this yeah, movie. Yeah. And then one's Waterman or whatever, and then one's Wind I actually Man. think I know a great deal about what's going on here with Jake Gyllenhaal's character and the elemental things. Is Mysterio a villain? Or is it one of those? Yeah, he's a pest. Huh. He uses magic and illusions to make himself look like he's got superpowers. Hmm. And for a time, he impersonates Spider-Man and frames him for crimes. I'm pretty sure he's doing Syndrome from Incredibles here. Interesting. I'm pretty sure he created the elemental things so that he could destroy them and be a superhero. But by the Ah, end of the movie, he's going to be the villain. Interesting. I just spoiled the whole fucking movie if I'm right. But you don't want none of this shit. (laughs) I saw your tweet. That's pretty funny. With that said, let's talk about Kissing Cousins. Yeah, sorry. Oh, that's a real movie, huh? Uh, It is. Uh, I grew up watching this movie. Oh, this is Elvis movie. I think it is. Fucking Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he's a uh, Navy air pilot or something like that. Air pilot. Air pilot. Right. As opposed to a water pilot. <laughs> Pilots in the air. Land pilot. <laughs> a water driver. Yes. Uh, and he comes, this is Elvis playing two roles. He's playing himself, basically. And uh, he's playing his podunk Kilbilly uh, cousin, uh, who's blonde. And they get introduced to female cousins that are beautiful and proceed to do cousin fucking. Yeah. Cousin fucking. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's not very good. So they just they just went with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how distant of a cousin they are, but they're kissing. Yeah, that's well, I mean, in the title. It is. This is it's like there's uh <laughs> like the family has a lot of like marriage eligible beautiful women. Yeah, in the family and in the town, and they all go crazy for these GIs that are in town. Hmm. Uh, hey, that movie sounds great, but Kissing Cousins has Kissing Cousins. Yeah, in it. exactly. <laughs> Don't cry for me. 
<laughs> I'm already dead. <laughs> Fiend. <laughs> uh, Nashville. Ooh. Uh, Best Picture nominee, 1975. And uh, this is a great movie. It's good. It's uh, polarizing for a lot of people, though. This is uh, my favorite Robert Altman movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. What, would you or you would you say the player? Or would the you player's say mine. Yeah, I only saw this once, mm-hmm. so I gotta go with the player mm. and Mash. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Mash Before would be I up there too. Mash would be up there too. I did not like Nashville when I first watched it. I think I've mentioned that before. Uh, mainly because when you are tied to that place, you start thinking, well, they're just making fun of us. Yeah, you get a little defensive. It's easy to. Yeah, yeah. and I believe that's why in Nashville, the movie Nashville is still today not really considered like a, a great movie because it, people felt slighted by it. And when you go back and you start, uh, you know, saying that's not that important anymore and you just watch the movie for what he's trying to do, you know that it's America and not just Nashville. Yeah, and I don't think anybody comes off as a caricature. I mean, no, maybe Henry I mean, Gibson. Henry Gibson kind of does, but, uh, but, but, but we know people like that. There are people like that. Yes, yes, I know people that wear nudie suits and shit like that. Yes. And, and, and uh, you know, are inextricably tied to the, the government and stuff like that. But meanwhile, there are, they, he, there, you, you run into intellectuals in this movie. Yeah. You run into people who are trying to make it. You have people who are just average, everyday people. You know, it's not a lot of country bumpkin stuff. Uh, the writer of this, I can't remember her name. The, the like the reason why there's a big traffic jam at the beginning was because she actually, when she came here to Nashville, that was the first thing she ran into. Oh yeah, it's Joan uh, Tewksbury. Joan Tewksbury. Yeah. She uh, she ran into a, a big like uh, traffic jam, and so she put that right in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just like all the Altman movies, if you've ever if you've ever seen any like Altman movie, it goes around, it roves around, it doesn't like focus on one thing for very long. Uh, it just kind of like here's a here's somebody's life. Now let's go on to somebody else's life, mm-hmm. and now to somebody else's. And there's there's very very loose connections between all of them, and it all ends at uh, the Parthenon and Centennial Park mm-hmm. and everything, and a, a political assassination. Yeah, this movie's great. I yeah. want to watch it again, even though it's fucking long. It's three hours. Yeah, um, it's it's just so so good. Yeah, that, when I first watched this movie, the the scene where the the would be singer uh, goes and she strips down naked in front mm-hmm. of everybody, I was like, oh well, that's why did she do that or whatever. And uh, now there's just a little bit extra connotation to it now that I'm older and everything. There's nothing but men in that one place there's not one woman at all yep. and they and and they they she thinks they're there to hear her sing and she's awful singer she just nobody's able to tell her right and uh and uh she goes in there and then like all these guys are all like just take it off and everything and of course you know there's this element like well maybe if i take it off yep. they'll like me and they'll they'll sign me up hmm. um that's just a just a sad part of that movie when you first watch it like especially my age i was like oh nice nudity you know it's devastating yeah but then you realize it's one of the most devastating parts of that because there's no hope for that character no she is not i don't think she ever like stops no i think she's still trying to to achieve her dream and she's just 
she never gets gonna do a somewhat redemptive part by the end because she gets to sing after the assassination happens oh or that's whatever. right yeah, yeah yeah um so she has one little bit of a redemptive arc at the big at the end of it and everything this movie's got so many people in it it does it lily does. tomlin tomlin keith carradine lily tomlin is great in this movie. yeah ned Beatty's in it uh, uh yeah henry gibson you have uh, i think elliot gold for a little uh, uh, shelly duvall shelly duvall jeff goldblum sudden jeff, jeff goldblum, goldblum who's <laughs> <laughs> like riding around on one of those like low rider yeah, things yeah. and uh it's just uh yeah it's it's ne- it's not a movie you get into for plot it's really just like a slice of life of like all these people and everything and depends on whether or not you're in that mood to watch that movie mm. it's mm. good mm. uh mm. i did not realize norbit was set in tennessee <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> yeah man uh i don't think there's anything tennessee about it it's just where it's set yeah um i can't remember anything about this movie norbit is the uh the the uh, geeky dude who marries eddie murphy and drag yeah. the big the big lady yeah and she bosses him around and basically you know um tells him what to do and i think it's it's uh it's uh tandy newton oh yeah uh, okay. is, is his love interest that he eventually divorces big lady for and happily ever after. I've seen this movie. I've seen this movie. I don't remember anything about it. I just remember that uh, the movie came out around the time of the Oscars and Eddie Murphy was nominated for dream (laughs) girls. And a lot of people are like the guy who's in Norbit (laughs) has been nominated for an Oscar. It's funny in coming to America, Eddie Murphy played multiple characters as did Arsenio Hall. And I think he literally took from that, what makes this movie funny is me playing multiple characters. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to do from now on. And the wrong lesson to take away from that movie. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, mm. Then we have the notorious Betty Page, where Gretchen Maul plays Betty Page. Um, Betty Page, an interesting character. Yeah. Uh, was uh was like real Christian, but like would go and like had got all these like nude modeling jobs and stuff like that didn't think anything of it whatsoever like but was super christian during mm-hmm. this entire time and there's like a scene in there where this guy's like taking pictures of her out in the like uh out in the woods or something and and uh and and he's like uh well could you take off your shirt maybe and like <laughs> and she's like oh yeah sure no problem whatever and then uh he's like and then it's like okay and and maybe the shorts too and all that and and she's like okay and then and then she's like fully nude and he's like uh but could you cover down there i right. can't take a whole picture of that yeah, yeah you yeah, know yeah I'm like okay um gretchen mall is uh i love gretchen mall she is this is a complicated character because she it shows that she's had a traumatic youth and and upbringing and stuff like that but when it gets to when she's betty page and she's kind of taking control of her own sexuality Mm -hmm. that woman is full-on sexy as hell gretchen Mm -hmm. mall as betty page yeah yeah she's like perfect she's gorgeous in that movie i think my favorite gretchen mall performance is the 13th floor yeah i remember that That that's actually a long time what, that's actually a movie that? people would talk 99. about if 99. the matrix and dark city hadn't come out at the same time <laughs> people might actually talk about the 13th floor yeah, 13th uh, floor i believe was the first movie that played when i first went to hollywood 27 there was uh star wars had come out the previous week and then i think 13th floor was wow. the following week. Uh, floor. Uh, which crazy. is if you're a marketing you know if you're if you're trying to set your movie up to succeed 
don't come out come out with a sci-fi movie one week after star wars it's way better than 13 ghosts That's, yeah yeah i like 13 oh god <laughs> or the movie 13 <laughs> actually that's a good movie yeah. i like that one no that's a good movie uh do you like this movie by the way notorious no, i haven't seen it. it the movie itself is not very good her performance is great. is great yes but yeah i didn't i didn't think the movie was all that special no overall. it's not it's just a typical biopic type of movie i mean it's you've seen a lot of these type of things norma jean maryland hbo mm-hmm. came out with one that was just like this um just you know the trappings of fame gia they i mean they're mm-hmm. all sort of lumped up in the same thing am i the only one that's a little bothered when they call ruth bader ginsburg the notorious rbg uh maybe <laughs> <laughs> i feel like I think it's a badass nickname for her. i feel like it diminishes her by linking her to a rapper hmm I mean, I guess I, I think it's it's making her even more badass than she actually is. Well, that may be the case. I just feel like she should have her own name, <laughs> right? Because when you say the notorious, what do you think? You don't think Betty Page. You think B.I.G. And the only true. reason they gave her this nickname is because she's got a G in her initials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of the song. No, no, notorious. <laughs> so it's like, I feel like what I'm trying to say is grammatically it's offensive. It's like saying you're only great. In comparison, what because we can use this nickname with you. You're only eh. you're only great. Link I see where, with, I see where I, you're going with it. I, I, yeah. I think you can. I think if it wasn't, if there was no notorious Big, they'd find some other name like to, Muscle Hamster. Muscle Hamster. <laughs> Remember that guy? No, you don't. No. Doug Martin. It was uh, who? Doug Martin. No, it wasn't Doug Martin. Yeah, it was. No, it was Doug, when he was in at uh, in Tampa Bay, they called him the Muscle Hamster. I thought it was the guy on Jaguars. Oh, you're thinking about Maurice Jones-Drew. It wasn't him. Muscle no, Hamster the guy was after Doug Maurice Jones-Drew. Who was the guy after? Leonard Either way, Clark? he hated the nickname Muscle Hamster. Yeah. And basically, yeah. like, Streisand affected himself by trying to he beg tried people to, to stop <laughs> calling him that and just made more and more people call him that. Um. Then we have oh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the lightning thief. Oh, Jesus. It, there is a, a brief excursion. <laughs> oh, where, yeah, because they turn the wrong way. They turn the wrong way. I mean, yeah, you can go that way. but You can. It, but it's better to go the other way. Yeah. And if you have a GPS, it's not going to tell you to go that way. Um. But, yeah, they go to the Parthenon because apparently when the Greek gods sent all their gifts, they decided to put it all in America for some fucking yep. reason. Yep. Maybe it was when it was Pangea. I don't know. As Who cares? You do. Was it, yeah. it was it Doug Martin? Yeah. All right. Sorry, I doubted you. Yeah, just uh, yeah. Don't uh, uh, yeah. There's it's just that one <laughs> section. Uh, then there's sex drive. Yeah, the guy is driving down to Knoxville to see. Uh, what was I, her name? Her name. It's either it's either the chick from Thirty Rock. I think it is the girl from Thirty oh, Rock. Oh, the receptionist. Yeah, the receptionist yeah, of Thirty yeah. Rock, and I can't remember her name right now. Um, but uh, but it's it's a. Uh, something that i think still goes on it's sort of catfishing type stuff where um he's he's pretending to be this awesome football player and he's got the wrong picture and and uh and she is uh well she really is hot though yeah yeah it's her but she's like but she's the one that's catfishing yes yeah because she's like come on down to knoxville and we'll have a great old time and he has this big like road trip down to knoxville yeah and uh and uh, and it turns out that she does this all the time and she's trying to rob people because he says something about having money 
Yeah, it's that. weird. And then she ends up like fucking the what's up guys, right? Don't don't they? Like, I don't know if they. You mean the two guys? Yeah, who the two guys. Like, hey, what's up? What's up? What's, yeah, up? what's, yeah, up? Yeah, what's yeah. up? I don't. I don't know if she does. I think she does because they never get any as as like confident as they are. Mm-hmm. Like they never get any women. They like are shocked when she offers herself to them. Oh, Ooh. okay. I I don't remember that. Katrina Bowden is her name, by the way. This movie's awesome. It's got some funny moments in it for sure. Oh, I love it, man! Like, I'll watch it's it got a great trailer too. It's got the MGM MGMT song. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, what song? Fated Time to pretend? to pretend. Time to pretend. Every fucking trailer has that song. <laughs> Does it? This is this song. This one it was particularly memorable for some reason. It was just I don't even remember the trailer for the this. trailer. I really wanted to see it, and our theater didn't get it, so I didn't watch it until it was on video. But uh, yeah, fun movie. The movie is hilarious, man. Yeah. Amanda Crew, yeah. Seth Green, uh, the main guy is forgettable, but Clark Duke is so great in this. He's a Lothario. Oh, yeah, Clark Duke is, is Clark fucking Clark Duke funny, looks like man. Clark Duke, yeah. but like at the party like he it, that he's like throwing. He's, yeah, he acts like he's the... Like, he's walking uh, around in like a cravat and shit. Yeah, he's acting like he's mystery from the yeah. you know, from the um, the pickup artist. And uh, every, stuff. every girl loves him. He's like, hey, come over here, baby. Can you make out with him, please? Yeah, and he, he like... <laughs> she starts to talk. He's like, I didn't ask you to talk. I asked you to make out. <laughs> <laughs> and he ends up with like this this girl this amish girl who's gorgeous oh yeah, my god <laughs> oh my god but yeah you have uh amanda crew in here who plays that that weird hot friend of the the loser guy who yep. wants to be with the loser guy uh, okay but, but no he he wants he is she likes him or he likes her she likes him but she likes him but i think he may have liked her but it's given up or right, something right, right yeah yeah. and and then like he's going down there and then she starts feeling jealous because he's gonna go down and uh you know try to hook up with somebody else and everything but amanda crew you uh you uh mostly know her from uh, silicon valley these mm-hmm. days she's great yeah uh then we have the thing called love which is uh the samantha mathis a uh, movie where she tries to make it in country music. I've Peter Bogdanovich movie. directed this. Wow, that's a wow. And, okay, uh, I saw this movie recently. Yeah, it came like on it? actually about a month or so ago. I saw it. Um, I I remember I watched it like when it came out, and then uh, it was a movie that I liked enough. I watched it a few different times. I had the soundtrack for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and because uh, I I don't really like country music, but this movie makes country music. At least the country music within this movie singable. Yeah, it's Bluebird Cafe style country, which is, is a little more to palatable. the point where when we when I told you we came down in spring break to Nashville in '96 and '97, the second that second year we went to the Bluebird mm-hmm. and signed up, and they that, oh, that, really? at that point they were sort of like it was first come first serve, but some kind of a drawing. Oh yeah, and we were told to take our slip home with us and come back next Wednesday. And we ah. might still get called, but we obviously had to go back to Illinois, mm. uh, and we didn't get called. But that we went there because of this movie, because oh, really? this movie shows the Bluebird as the place where you can get discovered. Of course, Taylor Swift was famously, quote unquote, discovered there, mm-hmm. even though I think there is a sort of manufactured element to it today. 
uh, it is still considered one of the best places for songwriters mm-hmm. uh, to get their songs heard. And uh, it, hard to believe, but it's in the Green Hills area. It's nowhere near Music Row. In a it's strip mall. Near, <laughs> in a strip mall. Nowhere <laughs> near Opryland. Nowhere mm-hmm. near all those places. No, no. Yeah. But there's a lot of people in this. Dermot Mulrooney's in this. Uh, young Sounder Bullock's yep, in this. Yep. You probably forgot that. River Phoenix, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is an older this River is Phoenix. Her, this is River Phoenix's last movie, maybe. It's one of them, if not the last. Uh, one of the things about this movie was that River Phoenix was showing up loaded a lot, apparently, mm. on the set. And Bogdanovich had a certain deft touch with him where he was able to still get a performance out of him. Because or that's the character. The character is sort of like... He's he's better than everyone else. He's obviously going to make it. Uh, he uses people mm-hmm. and he's into drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so I think he was able to just maybe, oh, he showed up loaded today. Let's shoot the scene where they fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, Samantha Mathis comes to town. She's fucking adorable. Yes, she is so adorable. And, and she's obviously she's naive. She's, you know, she's got high hopes, uh, but she's <laughs> actually got talent. Mm hmm. Um, and she ends up falling in with River Phoenix and Dermot Mulrooney, and she marries River Phoenix. Yep. Um, way fast, like a Chris Pratt fast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's a rocky marriage. Dermot Mulrooney actually loves her and cares about her. There's a great little bit where he breaks into Trisha Yearwood's house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or car to put his song in her tape. <laughs> and she, and she ends, ends up, up listening to it. Yeah, she comes down to the police station in her fucking bathroom. Yeah. You and, wrote this, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and awesome. decides not to press charges. Awesome. You're immediately signed <laughs> and you didn't do anything to my car after all. Uh, I really, really like it. I think, again, much like that thing you do, it taps into that part of me that around, you know, 18 wanted to be in a band, wanted to be a singer, wanted to make it big. Um, and, uh, you know, all the actors are great. Um, and I think the woman that plays the, lady who runs the bluebird is the real lady that runs the bluebird oh really i think she's not played by an actress i think yeah i can't remember her name actually she is some sort of legend around here yeah she's some kind of something anyway uh, i really like it i think the songs are really great um almost all original songs for this film kt oslin okay yeah um and yeah just river phoenix there's a reason why he was touted as the next james dean he's magnetic he's mm-hmm. brooding he's mysterious in a dark way i loved river phoenix man he's so so good that even mm-hmm. in this more casual light-hearted pursuit of country music movie what's funny is i was watching this movie and it made me do some googling because there's a scene we might have talked about this but there's a scene where they yell from the rooftop of a hospital and yeah. the, there's no batman building oh yeah because um, yeah. the batman building wasn't done being built right. when they filmed this movie yeah mm-hmm. anyway um i like it it's probably one of my favorites on this whole list of tennessee movies hmm. interesting yeah. yeah i need to rewatch it uh that movie made nothing too when oh, it came no. out it uh it made a million <laughs> wow crazy. it may be the lowest of any wide well this was like 490 screens but it was one of the lowest of any wide release um i think their strategy was to try to come out with it in states like tennessee and where country music was popular it didn't work no and you're really kind of banking on river phoenix to draw and he he was was never a mainstream star yeah he was considered a a great acting talent but he wasn't a blockbuster star the general audiences weren't going to be like oh river phoenix is in that i'll come watch it sandra bullock wasn't a star yet samantha mathis wasn't a star yet uh so it really didn't have a chance but it's way better than that yeah 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 
Uh, then we have Trash Humpers, which is uh, <laughs> <laughs> Harmony Kareem. Uh, Trying to make it through. This is a nice challenge. Now, this was on movie. I, I watched it on movie. Uh, try to make it through this entire movie. There's something hypnotic about Trash Humpers. <laughs> I this made it movie's through. not good. <laughs> Look, it's... But you know what? Is this a movie like really trying to is this movie really hoping that you have one feeling one way or another about it? Like, is no, it it's, maybe, it's purely experimental. Is it maybe hoping that you are disgusted by it? I don't know. It's the movie's hypnotic. I, yeah. I watched it and I was like, why am I still watching this? I know. And you're st- and <laughs> and uh, and there are a lot of like little, you know, it's shot around, I think, a lot of the Green Hills and um, uh, Bell Mead area and, uh, and and places like that. And, you, you know, you sort of like, well, do I know that place? Do mm-hmm. I really know? You know, <laughs> that place lot- where he's pooping. Do yeah. I know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, oh, that street sign. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I know that street, <laughs> but I don't really know that place. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, then we have what's love got to do with it. Yep. Uh, that's, uh, Angela Bassett and, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, <sighs> Tina Turner biopic. She's great. I don't remember if I really actually liked the movie. It's another one of those, right? The movie isn't great, but the performances are stellar. Tina Turner's from Nutbush, Tennessee. Nutbush. Yes. Yeah. Nutbush. Where is Nutbush? I don't know. <laughs> it's just Haywood County, wherever just Haywood south County is. of. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> when you get to the erection, you take it, take it right. That's right. I've got to know. Oh my god! I just saw a headline that said Sofia Coppola and Bill Murray are going to make an A twenty four movie for Apple. There's a lot to unpack in that one. There is, but I like the idea of her and Bill Murray reuniting and a24 has pretty good track no, everything about that is awesome except for the apple which seems a little weird well they're just they're trying to be netflix and amazon with their oh, own for, okay for apple tv yeah oh, they're gotcha. gonna release it themselves i'm nut, down with that nutbush is like northeast of memphis there you go nutbush uh, also that sophia coppola movie i told you about the beguiled mm-hmm. with colin farrell mm-hmm. that i told you was plotting yeah. um that's a fucking remake yep of oh, a Clint really? Eastwood movie. Yep. Really? I'm flipping channels the other day, and I see The Beguiled, and I'm like, ah, well, I'll check it out again, see if it's any better than I thought it was. And it's it's Clint Eastwood. It's the same fucking movie. He's, like, why do you remake he's that? The movie? the Colin Farrell yeah. character? Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. <sighs> Jesus. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that was just one of those things where that first movie didn't connect with a lot of people, and they tried to make a modern version of it or whatever. Yeah, that also didn't connect. Yeah, didn't connect <laughs> at all. Sophia Coppola? uh then uh the other list here we have lee daniels the butler i never saw this this was a big hit it was that had everybody in it right oprah and forrest whitaker butlers who uh work at the white house right uh and i don't remember what the tennessee connection is i don't know but it was they hammered it that it's lee daniels the butler yes yes because he did because he did did precious and that movie was so great precious based on the novel push by sapphire yeah yeah. <laughs> the butler based on the novel pushed by Sapphire. <laughs> New York's hottest club is yeah. precious. Um <laughs> uh, then we have The Curse. I never saw this. Nineteen eighty seven horror movie. Yeah. I saw it. Is it in West Craven? I don't know. I think it is. It I think looked it was like, he like had that some sort of right around like Scream era West Craven. Oh no. David Keith. But I don't know if that's that. It is that David Keith. And he's from Knoxville. 
David Keith, who is obviously the white version of Keith David. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get the beans above the fray? Yeah. <laughs> He's been in a million things. You've seen David Keith before, but yeah. uh, he uh, he directed uh, he directed that movie. Wow. Um, All right. Then we have a face in the crowd. That's that Andy Griffith movie where he's. Uh, this is a great movie. Everything about this is it looks awesome. This is a great movie. Andy Griffith. This is sort of the, one of those where like. Um, are you familiar with um um being there are you familiar with yes uh with, with peter sellers yeah peter sellers yeah, yeah. a good book too yeah uh being there uh you know, peter sellers is is a guy who who knows very little other than just flowers right and uh but he speaks in this way that people think is symbolic and is deep mm -hmm. so he suddenly somehow throughout the course of this movie becomes a major candidate for a political party right uh in this andy griffith is sort of the simple kind of guy or whatever and he's not really he doesn't really want to be a political candidate or whatever but he plays these little i haven't seen it in forever i don't know the exact crux of how he got into this thing but the, the he plays these songs on tv and everything and people are like he'd be a great candidate and hmm. suddenly he starts he starts spouting out all this stuff and everything and becomes a major candidate and whatever hmm. um and uh it's uh it's really good i haven't seen it since uh i haven't seen it in about 10 years i really but, want to see this this is 1957 so i think this is before the andy griffith show isn't it yes it is it is and it's a real young andy griffith like and it's walter Matthaus in this too and elia kazan directed it so like this is something that's that's on my list now. Hmm, um, yeah an arkansas drifter becomes an overnight media sensation as he becomes drunk with fame and power Will he ever be exposed as the fraud he has become? It's sort of one of those things where people start believing in him, and then he starts believing in his own bullshit. He's just mm. a normal, regular dude who's just out playing music and stuff, and then suddenly he becomes this major thing. Hmm. You see a few movies that do this uh, with you know with average everyday people becoming huge political candidates, whatever. This is a fan fucking tastic movie. Huge recommend from this. You watch it. Um, uh, you will see Andy Griffith in a different light because most of you have seen Andy Griffith show. Have seen Matlock. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you've even seen him in Spy Hard. But <laughs> or waitress, uh, yeah, or waitress. Uh, but this is a different performance for him. Uh, from the rough, I've never seen this golf movie. Have you seen this? Nope. Just no. going by the title. I've yeah. never heard of it. Yeah. <clears throat> it's about a, a female golf teacher at TSU at Tennessee State mm, University, which is also pretty close to here. Yeah. And it's uh, it, she's coaching the male team. She's the only female coach for a male team. Yeah. So. Uh, OK. Yeah. It's like Ladybugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like david keith it's the david keith <laughs> to ladybirds <laughs> keith david um then we have kill switch which is a steven seagal movie from That's 2008 right, mm -hmm. he's long past his prime at this point yes. why are people still giving him money <laughs> uh mystery train jim jarmusch movie 1989 hmm. movie set in memphis i haven't seen this and strangely barrett hasn't no i i thought i had seen all of the jim jarmusch movies and this is literally probably the only one that that i haven't I haven't seen hmm 
the night the lights went out in Georgia. Yep. Dennis Quaid, Mark Hamill movie. I yeah. haven't seen this either. They're coming up to Nashville to make it to make it. It's basically the thing called love. Oh, uh, wow. But yeah, Mark Hamill, Dennis Quaid, and uh, Christy McNichol. Oh, okay. Oh. And then we have our very own. Came out in 2005. I don't know about it. Don't know what it is. Um, I mean, it came out in 2005, so I should have seen it. But it's probably one of those that um, it's not a big release. No, it wasn't a big release. But it has Allison Janney, Keith Carradine, Cheryl Hines. That's the white version of Carradine Keith. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That is. That is. the. That is that. Yeah. That's profound. I could do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> then we have The River, another mm. movie with Sissy Spacek and uh, Mel Gibson uh, in this. The River, I've never seen this no. either. Uh, Tennessee Waltz, Julian Sands. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> from <laughs> Jennifer's Body. That's right. Oh, wow. <laughs> from Warlock. Not Jennifer's Body, but the, uh, what is that movie called? The, it's the it's the one where he, it was going to be Kim Basinger in the box and it ended up being Cheryl and Finn. And oh, the, the. Body part, no. But it's, it might be Body Parts. Is, uh, maybe Body Parts. I don't yeah, know. I think it's Body Parts. Uh, I remember be. that movie. <laughs> That's the only thing I remember Julian Sands from. <laughs> he was in, he was in that Warlock series, I think. Yeah, Warlock is the big thing uh, that he's from, and I and I've actually seen him in some other movies, but he doesn't look like his Warlock character, right, so right. I always forget it. Forget that it's him. Um, it's Boxing Helena. Is Boxing oh, Helena. yeah. Um, and uh, Walking Tall, the Joe Don Baker one, where he goes around beating ass with a baseball bat. Uh, I may have seen the original Walking Tall. I, nef- I definitely saw the rock version of yeah. it. The rock version is, uh, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. I watched Walking Tall. It was a short movie, the, the rock one. Uh, I watched it one morning going into the theater uh just to screen it or whatever and like it gets over in like an hour and 15 minutes or something like that it's really short and i go up and there is like this thick like huge amount of film left after the movie's over and it's all credits hmm, like that what? was the sort of their way of getting the movie to feature length oh like, jesus so it's so it like, like one name at a time <laughs> somebody said venom is like that oh really that there's like almost 20 minutes of credits at the end of venom that will do it for tennessee yeah tennessee. um man i think we uh, get it did it uh proper justice i think so i mean it's uh it's unfortunate i haven't seen like every last one of these but uh not like many like great great movies that come well, out. Well, I tell you, I mean, we've got there was a decent amount of them though. Um, I was wondering, you know, you think back and you, I immediately thought of them in Nashville and Hustle and Flow and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, uh, we've got a good representation in uh, Tennessee. In uh, much better than fucking South Dakota. Yeah, for sure. Fuck fucking you, South, South Dakota. Dakota. That's why <laughs> you. Yeah, sh- That's why you share with us. Um, but no, the the it's 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 weird because. Some of the movies you may know Nashville from, we did not mention, like The Green Mile and Last Dance and we and The Last Castle. Right, yeah, yeah. The Last Castle. Did we mention that in Kansas? Because that was I, Leavenworth. Oh wow, I don't think we I don't mentioned think we that. Did. In I don't think we did. But The Last Castle was shot here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, but I, but it, I think it's supposed to be Leavenworth. Um, and Rod Lurie, who was at the time like supposed to be just hot shit because he did the contender and mm-hmm. he was a spielberg's boy and all this mm-hmm. and that movie came out and he i haven't you he's done some movies you've heard of but he's never well, recovered that, he went to that um 
he did a TV show with Gina Davis as president. Oh yeah, the uh, what is that? Madam President. Madam President. No, that's Adam. Madam Secretary. So it's uh, what was the Gene? The, uh, I forget the name of that. The first lady. The first shit. But I'm he did that. He did some kind of TV show with yeah, yeah. a political TV show is what he did. Actually, that. it wasn't a bad show. I, 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 I don't think I ever saw it. Commander in Chief. Commander in Chief. Nah, there you go. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, so I guess that, yeah, we don't have time for anything else. No, we don't. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, that'll do it for this week. Keep going to, uh, uh, Syncast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. Our CinemaSins Twitter, uh, SoundCloud, also on uh, Discord, the CinemaSins channel on Discord. Mm-hmm. Be uh, lurking there every once in a while. <laughs> lurking. Lurking. Yes. You have moved into a dark place. You are likely to be eaten by a Gru. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, uh, yeah, and uh, there's a lot of places to uh, come reach us and talk about this very episode. But that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Agnes and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. You know what's annoying is this is Spinal Tap showed up on the Tennessee page. It oh, showed yeah. up on like fucking ten states. Oh, and, yeah. and I, I don't think we'll well, and the we'll ever thing, talk about it because it doesn't apply to one state. Same thing could be applied to Almost Famous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh fuck! That I didn't guy. even intend to watch it. I just was flipping around because there weren't any movies on, and it came on. And no, I'm sure it's it's riveting. There's a guy named Jim DeRogatis in Chicago um that hosts a podcast actually i met him at the music box theater um and he's he started this anti-r kelly crusade maybe eight ten years ago or something like that and said here's all the evidence he published it in the chicago sun at the time here's all the evidence it was like just long long read and i was like that really like caught my eye from the the beginning and since then i've just there's no there's no equivocating what he's been doing. There's no reason that he should be like living free right now. He should be locked and up. And like the songs that he's put <clears throat> out, like in blatant defiance. Oh, yes. Age ain't nothing but a number. Well, and th- has a song called I Admit. Yeah. Where no, he, that was that like 13 minute song or something like that. 19 that he came minutes. Out. Yeah, 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 yeah. This documentary is going to do something. Finally. I mean, seriously. And that's this- why I'm talking about that Michael Jackson documentary coming yeah. up. I think it's fun. I'm going to start a, a, an actual real conversation there because this is not like making a murderer where you can or whatever the podcast was that preceded the no, serial. Yeah. Serial. This is not like where you can just withhold evidence and paint, a, a, you know, and blindside me, an audience member, and make me think one thing. And then mm-hmm. later I learn, oh, there's all this other evidence. You know, you're in these people are this is women on camera being interviewed saying R. Kelly did this to me yeah. and did this to me yeah. and did this to me. Yeah, I don't. He did one interview after that trial. I don't want to talk. The whole podcast is going to be about R. Kelly. <laughs> yeah. He did an interview after that trial with BET. Guys, first question is, do you like teenage girls? Mm-hmm. And R. Kelly sits there for about five seconds and goes. It depends on what you mean by teenage. Oh, fucking shit. Wow. What a fucking asshole. And the guy goes, girls who are teenagers. And R. Kelly goes, 19? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. 
I think everybody should be able to get one punch in his balls. It's like like everybody should line up and punch seen, him in the balls. You haven't seen Death of Stalin yet, have no, you? No, no, no. There's that part where Buscemi's like, I hand out vouchers where everybody can get one kick in his ass or whatever he says. <laughs> and then the guy he's talking about says, what did he say? Or did he, is he going to have it at me or whatever? And the guy's like, no, he said something much more complicated about a voucher system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that whole thing with the fire festival documentaries? Mm-mm. There's apparently two of them, right? Netflix had, they've been like doing promo, like heavy promos yeah. for theirs, which looks awesome. But then Hulu came out with one, and dropped it like two days ago, mm-hmm. like just to to usurp Netflix. Like, like, hey, a similar or identical title. Yeah, yeah exactly. so hey, we've been doing it too, and then they sort of, uh, I guess, uh, rode the coattails of their uh, of Netflix's. Uh, yeah, they didn't have to market it. They just said, "Oh yeah, well, by the way, ours is coming out four days before yours is." Yeah, <laughs> where is uh, the Fire Festival? It, it it was on an island somewhere <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the Keys uh, that you literally had to take a boat to this, basically a sand dune. Yeah. And it was, who was the one legit guy involved? Like Ja Rule or somebody, somebody who had a radio career at one point and then some shady promoter and they marketed it at like the Paris Hiltons of the world, the super rich elite. And they just didn't follow through on any of it. Yeah. And so it ended up being hundreds of people stranded on an island with some tents. No, oh, yeah. like and cheese like, sandwiches. sandwiches. <laughs> I, bet, I bet that was a fucking nightmare. So I'm, I am ready for both of those documentaries because that, that was a great story when it came out. Girl, you look good when you back that ass up. You a big, fine filly. <laughs> I got to tell you, I have been walking around my house <laughs> the last several days going, she's a fine filly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I've kind of turned Chris into like Hannibal Lecter as I do it. <laughs> she's a fine filly, Clarice. <laughs> I, I am now officially at a point where I can remember about 98% of the videos that we've done. So there's two per- that 2% where I'm like, have we done Minority Report? <laughs> and I'm like, we've done a lot of things with Minority Report. Yeah. I don't think we've done the movie, though. And, uh, and But I swear, like, I remember sins about that movie. And I, I, I looked in Gmail, didn't see anything. Uh, I even went to our Wikipedia page <laughs> that, that somebody's been <laughs> keeping up. And I was like, doesn't say it anywhere here. And I guess I could just go to the YouTube channel itself and type Minority Report in there. I didn't think about that. It but, does feel like we've sent it, though. But it feels like we've done it. And I don't usually, though, I can type in Minority Report or, or some movie title <laughs> into Gmail and I'll see, you know, script, final A or whatever. Yeah. I don't I hardly ever delete those. So I have like everything from the past six, seven years in there. Yeah. And um, and so like that one has never that no one that one does not come up. I can probably just go to the channel, though, and just type in Minority Report. It's just it's as easy as that. But uh so we haven't i don't think it? we have but it feels like like i was rem- i was trying to remember like it seems like we send this and this and this and this and this but i can't remember the video no it's not on there yeah so That's funny so i don't think we've done it i just think i just think that in my head like i may have watched it and like wrote sins in my head for it like if well, we we've ever- done so many outtakes with it well too. yeah especially orgy of evidence yeah what's what, what's weird is that I mean, it, the only way I would know just without researching on a computer or whatever would be if I could remember like specific sins. Mm-hmm. 
But there's a lot of movies that are in that gray area yeah. where I'm like, it feels like we've <laughs> Literally done in the that. Gray it, there are a lot of times that he's not he's just like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There's a point where he says he thinks he knows what it is. And she goes, what, 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 what do you mean? He goes, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of times.